dwellers of the mysterious realms of cinema, welcome to a gathering that shines a spotlight on the overlooked, the obscure, and the hauntingly beautiful. Tonight, we delve into the shadows, exploring films that have danced on the fringes of recognition, much like a dream slipping away at the first light of day. Now I must admit I find myself here with a slight bewilderment. I was led to believe I would be nominating individuals for an award bearing my name. Alas, I discovered too late that Lynch's Luminaries was, in fact, not an accolade designed to honor my own luminous contributions. A classic case of Parbenheiner-induced confusion, I suppose. As we traverse the cinematic landscape of 2023, we find ourselves navigating a labyrinth where horror films, those spectral wonders that linger in the corridors of our collective unconscious, deserve a moment in the spotlight. Talk to Me, a film that whispers secrets and eludes easy interpretation, invites us to converse with the enigmatic echoes of the mind. And then there's Megan from Blumhouse, a tale that defies expectations, leaving us to question the very nature of reality, much like a Lynchian puzzle. Now let us not forget the holdovers, those films that lingered in the shadows of box office giants, quietly weaving their magic. They are the ghosts of the screen, haunting our thoughts long after the credits roll. It's a testament to the enduring power of the overlooked, and speaking of overlooked, my dear Inland Empire. A film so deserving, so labyrinthine, that one might jest that it deserves five awards of its own, each more confounding than the last. But in the spirit of the surreal, let us revel in the ambiguity and embrace the strange beauty that cinema, particularly the overlooked and the misunderstood, has to offer. So, my friends, let us embark on this odyssey through the dark corners of cinema, where the strange and the overlooked take center stage. Tonight, we celebrate the films that dance on the periphery of our understanding, beckoning us into the mysterious embrace of the silver screen. Enjoy the journey, for in the shadows lie the treasures that elude the gaze of the ordinary. Now, before I go, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce the stewards of the evening, the guides through the peculiar corridors of our collective cinematic consciousness, Clark Little, Russell Fisher, Randy Stott, Oksana Osashai, and, of course, our extraordinary guests for the night. Enter the stage, the maestros behind a film that IGN, in its infinite wisdom, described as a callback to boundless horror entertainment that blasts raucous tunes and exacts bloody revenge. None other than the architects of the retaliators, the enigmatic Guiar brothers, Darren Guiar and Jeff Allen Guiar. The Guiar brothers, I the love Giar it. The Guiar brothers, yes, <laughs> Mr. Lynch. I just want to say that this is officially the eighth annual Lookie Awards that we've done. And officially, we've jumped the shark. <laughs> Russell, what the fuck was that? I don't know, dude. I think he had a stroke. <laughs> Welcome to the Lookies, everybody. Man. Uh, so, so thankful to have the Gear brothers here today. <laughs> Jeff and Darren, what's up, boys? Well, you can't beat an intro from uh, Mr. Lynch himself, uh, and I think we're going to change the pronunciation from now on. Yeah. We are the Guiar brothers. brothers. It sounds much better than gear. 
Well, I think I think you'll get a bigger foothold in the uh, in the European market. <laughs> I, it does. It sounds a little more highfalutin, right? Like, yeah. like DR is to gear as like Dierte is to dirt, like in Joe Dirt. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's right. Yes, yeah, you I guys like get it. big up in uh, Montreal. Get some of that French Canadian. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Uh, all right. Well, welcome to the eighth annual Looky Awards, um, also known as Episode Four Eight Eight. Are you throwing also me a curveball right now? I don't fucking. Know. I think, I uh, yeah, Four Eight Eight. Four Eight Eight. Good job. The eighth annual <laughs> Looky Awards. Now, before I am confident in telling that it is the eighth annual, as um, pre-production meeting uh a solid 15 minutes uh we had to figure out if this was the uh seventh eighth or ninth as uh we did mess up one year um we did incorrectly say which lookies it was uh so i think we fixed it um i don't know but you know shit's wrong in the bible too so <laughs> what are you gonna do <laughs> everything's okay Clark, so, your voice got uh, kind of your voice got kind of high there kind of like when david lynch's voice got kind of high out of nowhere <laughs> I, oh, I, I, I didn't notice. I feel like my mic is a little weird. I did have to uh, turn it up a little bit. I meant it as a did you light it on fire again. No, the XLR cable is not <laughs> on fire. Uh, that has been a problem in the past. Uh, I do like to have a candle right next to the XLR cable and uh, have set one on fire before. All right. How about now? You should be good now. Is everything good? Yeah. Sounding okay? All right. Um. So here we go. Uh, let's go ahead and let's kick off uh, the Loki Awards. Uh, while we do that, uh, let's go ahead and, and go around the table and, uh, maybe talk about a few movies that, uh, did not make our list or how we sort of, uh, what was our sort of, um, mindset when we were figuring out what our favorite movies of the year were. And, uh, like we generally have on this show every, every year is a, is a bit of its own, uh, sort of sorted bag as, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of, uh, different picks here. Uh, I imagine we'll have some YouTube documentaries. I think Randy's got a TV show. I've got a couple bags up my sleeve. That, that's a thing. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've got the bags up my sleeve. I'm ready to go. So, uh, and Lord knows what the Guiar brothers do. They just changed their name <laughs> mid show. So, uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows what's in store? So, uh, who, uh yeah. So, um, uh, Jeff Adair, what's, uh, What's a couple movies that uh, is not on on either of your list that uh, you do want to mention here, as amongst your favorite of the year? You want to go for an honorable mention? Yeah, I'll go for an honorable mention here since I'll probably be hated for this one, but I don't care. Um, I'm going to go <laughs> in the new Indiana Jones movie. Uh, oh, Mama Mia! Dude, that's my number one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I walked out of that and thought I like it better than. The Last Crusade. Whoa. Yeah. I'll probably get killed <laughs> for that one. Um, I, I, so, I, you know, I, I actually really liked it. And um, I really loved Mads Mikkelsen. I thought he was awesome in it. Um, yeah. And I think you guys – what's funny is see, I hadn't seen Hannibal yet. And you guys, I think, recommended me to watch Hannibal. Yeah. And – I love Mads Mikkelsen so much in Deanna Jones. Um, I went and watched Hannibal, remembering that you also told me to watch Hannibal, going like, well, this is like meant to be now. And that's like my favorite show ever now. So um, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll give Dial of Destiny some 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 uh, respect. 
Yeah, I'll agree with the hot take of uh, not the biggest Last Crusade fan, huge Temple of Doom fan. Not the biggest. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I feel like watching Last Crusade now, I feel like, I don't know. Loses uh, yeah, I don't some like of it. its, uh I really don't like Last Crusade. I, juice. I'm Raiders and Temple of Doom all the way. So yeah. it wasn't a lot to get me over Crusade. But I'll tell you, uh, the, the fourth Indiana Jones installment, I can't, Crystal Skull. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's about Dan Aykroyd's vodka. Obviously the worst. (laughs) Dan Dan Aykroyd's vodka. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The search for Dan Aykroyd's vodka. I I think that's our commercial. Dude, let's let's go for it. Um and I thought the CGI wasn't I thought the CGI was good. You know what I mean? A lot of people talked crap on it, but I, I thought it was way better than the Irishman CGI. Uh, I mean, like the, oh. you know, the, the de-aging and stuff like that. There was one shot where like Indy's walking away and you can see like his droop down, like old man shoulders. And you're like, <laughs> why did you even Damn. bother to get that shot? But yeah, that was good. Um, I want to do a shout out. I cried to, at the end. You cried at the end? Yeah. I haven't seen oh, it. I got tears, Damn, I got tears, dude. When 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 Marion's like kissing him, you know, like he's like, like it hurts here, and I was like, oh, it's just like the first one. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, it's, Jeff, it's, you're the only here. person I know who's seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I've, I I'm uh, every time I see it, I I can't bring myself to watch it. I I, I see it there, I go, Ugh, I just you'll like it, dude. Trust all right, me. all right. I I I, res- I just it's yeah. Uh, one of these days, I'll get to it. Um. <clears throat> Uh, one honorable mention would be a movie. Uh, it's an Australian movie called The Royal Hotel. You guys seen that one? No. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, yeah, sort of. A, I, I, I definitely took it as an homage to uh, one of my favorite movies, which is Wake and Fright, uh, 71. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 71 <clears throat> joint. It's very wake and fright, the repetition, partying and, you know, the overconsumption of alcohol and Australia kind of vibe. You're all gratuitous killing of kangaroos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there were no, no, can- no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kangaroo murder in this one. Uh, it, it, it gets to some, uh, yeah, it gets to some pretty tense uh, moments and, uh, uh, felt like it could have gone a little further, but I mean, as far as just, just good thriller, um, fun watch. And especially if you're, if you like that kind of vibe, uh, middle of the outback, middle of nowhere. Uh, and if you like wake and fright, it's definitely, I, I, I would have to imagine the writers or director or whatever, uh, it had to be somewhat of an homage to that. Cause it's very much got that vibe. Oh, I think it's Randy. Why didn't you tell me about this? Or did you talk about this? On Dude, the show? I'm into it too. I don't know if I talked about it on the show. I did see Randy, it. What yeah, good are you? Yeah, a couple you months did. ago. Okay, I did. Randy, Randy you hiding? I talked about it. You just don't listen. Titles, what's going on? I, I talk about so many I forget. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's the director of a movie that Clark covered, Casting Jambonet. Yeah, it was 2017. That was a uh, that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting documentary, uh, which I also think made the lookies that year. Oh God! Did Back it? when I was watching so many documentaries, where I had a a narrative and a uh, top five doc. Yeah, yeah. 
I think she did the assistant as well. Oh, that was a good movie. Excellent. All right, Randy, uh, honorable mention, what you got? Sure, I'm going to go comedy. It'll be no surprise that I probably don't have much horror uh, on this episode, but uh, (laughs) Theater Camp, the faux documentary about a a theater troupe that is... needs money and uh sort of their their struggles to uh to gain money to keep the you know very niche theater camp they have going somewhere in the uh northeast it's uh i saw it here at a local uh indie theater with like i think it was sold out and uh i don't know it's probably one of the funnest theater experience i had just like everyone laughing and like really enjoying it and uh, there's a lot of good writing it's uh you know it's a faux documentary uh and it's, yeah, it's, it's very fun. I plan on watching it again soon. I think it's on, it's streaming somewhere. It might be on Hulu, I think. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. And we're <coughs> happy with that word choice, funnest? Most fun. There we go. Thank it's you most so much, funnest. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So for my honorable mention, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to list you uh, 10 through six as my top 10 i've already, I, I got my top 10 queued up baby we're ready to roll it's game time it's game day baby <laughs> coming in at number 10 for clark is the holdovers followed by number nine is the cane mutiny court martial well, that's right yeah, billy freakins coming in the top 10 baby dude great flick All- i just followed saw by that. number eight is may december followed by number seven is where did he go? <laughs> what is number seven? Oh my god! Oh, I messed up. Oh, ignore my god! <laughs> what? Fall by number <laughs> number six is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving did not make the top five. Uh, it was close. We were under the gun. Love Thanksgiving. But uh, coming in at number six. So that that's sort of my outlier there. I saw it twice in the theater. Couldn't love it more. Uh, but I also figured that, you know, it's going to be covered. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to mention it there. So shout out to Thanksgiving. Oksana. <laughs> that was all yours? I thought you had like 20 mentions to do. Well, I went through it. But then also where did a movie disappeared on oh, my really? list. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right, Oksana. <laughs> um. I'm not as solidified in my top five yet, but um, it looks like I have a lot of like found footage in my honorable mentions that did not make the list. Um, Hell House LLC, the Carmichael Manor. Yeah. Um, I love Deliver Us. That did not make the list. Um, VHS 1985. Forgot that was this year. (laughs) Like, oh, that movie was a lot of fun. Um, And uh, one of the TBR movies we watched earlier this year, Morale, Morale Video. How do you pronounce that? Uh, Maru? Maru? Maru-y? Yeah. I really like that one. It felt very... Yeah, choose like, one of those six pronunciations yeah. we just threw out there. <laughs> I think All it's Maru-y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that came out this year. Um, Moana. Moana Video. Uh, did you just put a shirt on? Yeah, I'm getting dressed up. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah, I, got a, I got a button up. on. All these fucking peasants <laughs> on this show. <laughs> That's right. Y'all couldn't even be bothered. Yeah, and you look like you're about to take my order. It's the- <laughs> <at> an <laughs> look, it's it's theater of mine. There are buttons on the shirt. Also, I got buttons very- here. I can do buttons. All right, Randy. Nobody asked you to. 
All right, get back in the booth. Uh, My turn? Yes, sir. All right, I got a couple. One, I want to give a honorable mention. This is a very hard decision, but you just, you didn't make the cut. And it's probably because the movie that I enjoyed the most of yours was six hours long. And yet during the film, you kept saying, I wanted to include more, but it was getting a little lengthy. And I'm like, are you fucking mocking me? Again, I'm talking about the documentary everybody loved. Young boy, real killer, fake gangster by Traplore Ross. He is a prolific, I, I almost called him a cinematographer, but actually that's the complaint Clark has about online documentaries. There's, they're not very visual. And I get it. Yeah. You're digging on the internet. But I highly recommend people check out Traplore Ross. You're probably all King Von fans here. Go check out his <laughs> definitive documentary. It's a little under four hours. And you decide. Was he a uh, truly raps for a serial killer? And another honorable mention. Is this out of your system now or we got more to come? <laughs> I'm full of it, dude. Oh, I'm going to be coming all day. You are full. Again, another honorable mention. He was a guest on the show. Blue Hour. We had a long beef. The Overlook Hour and the Blue Hour. We've been fighting for a while. And of course, I'm talking about Blue Hour, the disappearance of Nick Brandreth by our good friend, Dan Bowers. Now at the Unnamed Footage Festival. We did a virtual fest, and he programmed about half of it with all his content. Yet on the the following podcast, I did not mention his name a single time. It was me and Terrell, and I wasn't going to volleyball it off him. Dan came back at me with a pipe bomb threat delivered to this house. Clark's wife had you answer the door for the past month. Oh, no. So, Dan, you know, you were up there. We had the lookie. We were sending it to you early. That's what we have to do. And I was about to email you about your speech, and then I got that pipe bomb threat, and I just had to withdraw it. But again, a good found footage sci-fi film. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Uh, also, fuck you, Dan Bowers. He's like eight feet <laughs> tall. <laughs> he's six foot five, and he has bragged to me about the rear view mirrors he's broken off of cars because he's also a very uh, passionate bicyclist. Oh. You remember yeah. when you broke my rear view mirror? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I fell into it. I was drunk. It was a little bit different. Yeah. Just a little. Yeah, yeah well, we still got to the same destination video. <laughs> We did. <laughs> all right, everyone. It's the time that we've all been pining for. It's our top five favorite films of 2023. Russell with the quick finger Magoo over there. Excellent. I'm not going to do a thing. Okay. Right, we'll just jump oh, right into it. You're not doing a thing, dude. We hired the band and you're That's not right. going to do a thing? Well, I because I didn't realize that the MC was going to go on a 19-minute filibuster that turned into some fever dream that I think <laughs> messed up my audio. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think David Lynch may have died. Don't worry. People are going to hear about this show. What is he, Clint Howard? I don't know. He's on a stretcher. That's all I know. <laughs> By the way, Gear Brothers, we, it's a long going theme on this show where we, we are convinced that Clint Howard has been dead yeah. during our lifetime. You guys remember that? Or do you remember him being alive all the time? Like he's been dead our whole life? <clears throat> no, I feel, like, I feel like Clint Howard died and now he's not dead. Yeah, are, he, he are might you, be dead, dude. Are you trying to invent like a, like a, new, Mandela, like a new Mandela effect yeah. kind of thing? I think this is an existing. It's one. the only one I believe. It's the only. This is the only like. Route. This is the one I, I I die on this hill. I I I because I am convinced that Clint Sounds Howard. Sounds like Clint Howard did. Where like where is he? Thank you so much. Oh, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeff. Let's go ahead. Let's uh, kick it off to you. Give us our number five favorite film of the year. Yeah, this was tough uh, doing the top five. Um, <clears throat> I almost. 
Well, I won't put. I won't talk about my almosts. I'll just. I'll just go with it. I'm gonna go with uh, knock at the cabin. Oh, hey okay. now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey now was right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I dug it, man. I really dug that film. I went in, not really expecting to <clears> like <throat> it. I just every time a new M Night Shyamalan <clears throat> movie comes out, I just have to see it, and um, I was pleasantly very, very surprised at how how great it was. And um, yeah. Just solid flick, man, all around. And it just kicks off right at the start. Like, it, it wastes no time. I really appreciated that, too. So. For me, yeah. it's Batista, man. He uh, He's fantastic right. in this movie. It's just the, so the gentle Daniel lion. Tosh is, Daniel Tosh is amazing in it. Um, Daniel Tosh? No, <laughs> that, that lead actor. Oh, like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. He does. He does. <laughs> the guy from Mindhunter. The guy from yeah. Mindhunter, yeah. yeah. He does. Look, he's got the Tosh glasses on, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, you since you put that you you're sending uh, "Knock at the Cabin" an award. Did you think there was a twist in the movie? What's your uh, opinion on that? Did I think there was a twist in the movie? Uh, no, I didn't think there was a twist. I think it just picked a a lane. It just picked a path, and the, you know they made you guessing to the end, but it wasn't like it changed everything. Uh, you know that proceed. It wasn't a sixth sense ending. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, yeah, uh, we we went to the theater and saw it with a lot of people, and uh, half of them complained there was no twist. Although I have a hot take, I do think there was a twist. Oh. We'll get into that here. Okay, I will well. tell you about it though. Was there a shout? A lot of people didn't like that movie. I actually thought that was a movie calling for like unity across America, though. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I, who uh, else to to lead that message than in Night Shyamalan? No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what I've always said. All right. Number well, five. M. Night predicted it himself in Lady in the Water that he would unite the world. That's true. Yeah, that, is that the only one I haven't seen? Lady I was going to. I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to be like, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think it's the only one. You haven't seen it? it? No. <sighs> yeah. Oh, if you like the holdovers, you know, you're going to like. Paul Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna really love Paul Giamatti. That's true. <laughs> I, 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 I respect the, the comeback that M Night has had uh, in the last uh, multiple years. Pretty, pretty much since what after after Earth or after the yeah. happening or Avatar. Avatar. Avatar yeah, yeah Avatar. after really Avatar. Into those kind of flicks. But Lady in the Water is a special, special kind of bad. It is a, (laughs) it's, it's a, it's a, uh, you have to, you have to see it to believe it. It's, it's indescribable. It's indescribable. All right. I'm back in. Yeah. I love a special type of bad. More on that. Very My top five. Yeah. All right, Darren, what you got for number five? Number five. I think this is one of those ones that came out in its country in 22 but it came out here in 23 so it's on it's a cusp one like that but this was a joel edgerton movie came out on netflix called the stranger uh did you guys see that love it we talked about it on tuesday uh oh i've tried the stranger before did you? Yeah, we're right here, right? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Repeating jokes. Yeah, I love it. I walked right, walked right into that one. He's all, "What's that? Let me, let me show you." <laughs> I, 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 I prefer you the ghost. <laughs> uh, I'm a sucker for. That's how you make a brother team last. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a sucker for undercover 
movies. I love when the protagonist is undercover, and I would say this is one of the best I've seen in a while where you are just like gripping gripping your chair, just feeling that feeling of being undercover and boy, Joel Edgar. I mean, what, I mean, both of those guys, the the acting in that movie is just unreal. Uh, but yeah, love that movie. It's, it's fantastic. Um, and I was actually on the Tuesday episode, I mentioned the stranger because, uh, that director's first movie uh, is a film from 2018 called acute misfortune. Have you seen that? No, no, that's on Amazon prime. It's excellent. Check that out. That was his first uh, feature film. Um, and is, uh, actually a biopic about an Australian artist. Um, that's quite good. Uh, so check that one out as well. Stranger. Excellent. Excellent. Pick. Uh, Randy, you're ta- you're number five. Sure. Yeah. I haven't actually talked about this one on the show yet, but, uh, saw it Ooh. several weeks ago. Sneaky boy. Poor things. The new, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos movie. You rat bastard. Hell Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. Emma Stone's great. Uh, she's awesome in this, as well as The Curse, uh, the new show with uh, Safdie and uh, Nathan Fielder. But uh, yeah, I just really loved the sets in here. Everything is like on sound stages, but it's uh, going for, you know, not reality, but not like too crazy at the same time. And all the, uh, there's a lot of just very like, cool interesting choices of like camera lenses and like fish eyes the score is like really interesting and it does this like pitch up thing of like notes uh as they're playing it's just like Mm. the whole thing creates a really like weird dark sort of like fairy tale nightmare uh sort of a thing and i loved uh willem defoe's sort of mad scientist who uh you know, reanimates uh, Emma Stone's character and she's kind of trying to figure out her body while she has the child or the brain of a child, uh, essentially. And it's a very physical performance. It's not like, uh, you know, it's more like his work in The Favorite, um, where the comedy is much more like, I wouldn't say broad, but it's much more, it's not as deadpan as his like early stuff. Accessible? It's a little more accessible for sure. But although this movie gets pretty dark too, but uh, yeah, I, I uh I really dug it. I saw it a couple weeks ago and uh plan on checking it out again soon. That's cool. That's yeah. that sounds great. I bet to squeeze this in. I didn't have a chance. Oh my god. You, you know that I love my Yorgos, but uh, I just didn't have a chance to uh to fit him in. So uh all right. Randy Randy with his little sneak attack over there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys and girls, my number five. Now again, now here here's how I've comprised my list. I'm currently logged into my Letterboxd, um, and I have created a scratch list, uh, which I have made private. Um, so I've got I think thirteen movies here. Um, also, to to reiterate, I I I misspoke when I was given my top ten. Number ten is the holdovers. Number nine is the Kane Mutiny Court oh Martial. Number eight is Asteroid City. Number seven is May December. Number six is Thanksgiving. Number five on that list is a movie that I talked about on this show. All right, I'm not pulling a Randy with his little sneaky bullshit. No, <laughs> I've mentioned this on this show. And I mentioned when I saw it that I was gonna give it five stars. But you know, in the language of this show, that means twelve stars because we have a twelve star rating system. 
Uh, just cluing in the gear brothers who, uh, in case they wanted to know this information, we rate movies on 12 stars. It's a long reason why <laughs> every time we rate a movie here, we have a special chart that we've got to see to make sure like, uh, 11 stars is I think 2.67 thumbs, something <laughs> like that, you know, 1.67 okay. cause that'd be three thumbs. Can and, I get, uh, can I get an example, one quick example of a 12 star movie? Oh, a 12 star. Oh. Excellent. You should ask because I would say my number five oh. is a 12 star movie. Wow. And the name wow. of that movie is Dicks the Musical. <laughs> Dicks the Musical. Oh, yeah. Wow. Because I had a great time. Uh, I actually saw this movie uh, with one Randy Michael Sat. Uh, we saw this at the Alamo Draft House Theater in, uh, I don't know, probably a theater of 30. And uh, I think it was slam packed. And uh, it was a good time. It's, you know, it's important for, especially movies like this. Um, I, I would, I would say that Dick's the musical to me and, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an amateur comedy historian. So for me to kind of best sell this movie is sort of, this is a, a movie version of uh, sort of a party record and uh, like Red Fox back in the seventies, you go, you go to somebody's house, you play the Red Fox record and, uh, if you ever listen to those records, I don't know if I would necessarily say that um, it's the most intellectually, uh, you know, stimulating, uh, you know, George Carlin esque material that you're going to get from these party records. But it's just um, it's crass and it's and it's off color and it's funny. And that's exactly what this movie is. And this movie felt like a throwback to you know what John Waters was doing. And, um, it's, yeah, and it's mostly musical throughout, uh, the runtime is like just under 90. Everything works for me. The songs are great. Uh, Nathan Lane and Megan Mullally are, they're top notch. Uh, their characters are insane. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, the main reason why this is a 12 star movie in my humble opinion is because of, uh, whisper in backpack. All right. And you know who I'm talking about? The sewer boys. The sewer boys. <laughs> the sewer boys are uh I mean this the, you know they 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 they're the they're the price of admission. Um these little 2 foot tall puppets uh that um Nathan Lane found in the sewer one day and uh, have kept them as children and then they escaped uh down the toilet and then they go into the sewers in new york to rescue the sewer boys is that the third act yes it is uh but check it out uh dicks the musical is uh had a great time number five you have me at dicks it's great it's great it's but uh you it's at the musical but i'll still watch it also plenty of, i think there's plenty of penis in this movie as well <laughs> and megan the stallion a lot to choose from oksana you're number five I had a last minute change to mine. Oh, originally, Russell hit the breaking news. <laughs> my, my original number five was Sweet Relief. Um, oh. I I don't know. I, I was kind of like, I liked it the first time, but we rewatched it. At, <laughs> Did it get on the knocked head. off? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you're not naming, so it's not your number five? <laughs> it was until very recently when I switched it for Missing. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sw yeah. switching out the indie for the big old, uh, uh, big old release. And anybody, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, all right, sell out Magoo over here. It is Green Life. Um, I think the editing was amazing in it. The story, I 
I did not try to guess where it was going, but um, so maybe that's why I never saw anything coming. But I just, I don't know. <laughs> it was a lot of fun in the theater, too. Much like Sweet Relief, which everyone should watch. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Nick. We love you. Yeah, all you have to do to watch Sweet Relief is email the director and he'll send you a Google file. <laughs> uh, Russell, you're number five. All right, now, uh, the Ghiari brothers, I know you don't know because you didn't get the memo, but I do things differently here. I'm not a god of cinema. I'm not here with my gavel in hand, and I do not dub what is the best or the worst. Yeah, should you be leaning against a brick wall smoking a cigarette right now? What I do... What the fuck? I think what I do is... <laughs> I curate art and uh, in curate. the best way I know how by genre and I make up the fucking genre. So here we go. I got five genres, right? The first one I'm going to tackle is a personal favorite. It's one, you know, they don't really make these movies as often as they should. I can't imagine why, but it's fantasy. So here's uh, where I shoehorn a movie into a genre parameter that doesn't quite fit. So really what I'm looking for is a group of characters, uh, Transverse going on a journey, and maybe they're not there to save the world. Uh, maybe they're after a MacGuffin or just you know a little bit of gold. And this time it was hard. Movies that I considered but are not going to make it. Um, I thought about John Wick. I love the you know book. we already did that part of the I show. I know, right? but I do great, mine differently. Thanks. Yeah, just so you know, uh-huh, all the rules that you make they don't apply to me. Uh huh. Yeah. Thanks. So yeah, in we'll the fantasy, here are the things I was considering. John Wick Four. Love the Warriors homage little bit long journey there not not much of a party though and that quiet guy fucking hated him also i learned that they only wrote that character because nobody yeah i only i heard they wrote him because uh the one john wick didn't want all the dialogue they wrote for him so they filled it with the new (laughs) i'm not joking they filled it whatever uh also shout out to sisu fantastic journey they clone tyrone these are all epic fantasy movies that i i really love but I'm gonna I'm gonna do a reversal here from Oksana, and I'm gonna give it to the indie. I'm gonna go with the movie called Dark Harvest that came out. Yeah. Um, was there a boo? No. The, ooh. Oh, okay. Oh, I was that, to, I was, that sounded like a boo. It sounded like a boo. I like that movie too. I was gonna bash you with the gavel, the, the gavel cinema that I never use for anything other than violence. I, I was hoping you were gonna put this in your list. Well, here's the thing. Now, uh, the Ghiari brothers. Do you are you familiar with Dark Harvest? No. Yeah, no, I've not seen it. It's uh, just to sum it up, uh, every year in this town, they have a uh, dark harvest where a monster runs through the town and they lock all of their children out and they have to kill it. And when they kill it, they uh, take all the candy out of its body and the, the town prospers. And whoever delivers the killing blow is heralded as a king for a day, given a car. And drives off to a new life beyond the city. Uh, by car is a Corvette Stingray. So yeah. don't just like skip also, over that, dude. We are it's a little like a bit, <laughs> we're in the 50s. And it's not like, you know, uh, we're not historically in the 50s. It's kind of like if the world was run by David Lynch. And the David Lynch that wow. showed up today. One that's spinning out of control. <laughs> so it's it's uh, it's gnarly, man. And if, if none of that sounds appealing to you, know that there is a wide shot of a bunker that uh, shoots blood. <laughs> and it, I know it's one of those things where you're like, well, is it kind of like Evil Dead? Is it campy? No, it's perfect. It's fucking fantastic. It's, God, what did I say? It's it's like every horror movie that you don't like, like Children of the Corn, Pumpkinhead, or that you really wanted to be good, but it's good. So Dark Harvest, you, the lookies in the mail. You deserve it. 
Wow. Excellent. Uh, yeah, uh, David Slade, director, who has had an interesting career. And uh, man, this is an interesting movie. I like Dark Harvest. Yeah, it's really good. Good choice. I'll, I'll sign off on that fantasy anytime, friend. Also, did you say Sawtooth Jack? No, I didn't mention him. That's the, the name the, of the monster. The problem here. It's a cool, cool monster. You can't really talk about this film without revealing one of the many rewards throughout it. So I had this problem when I reviewed it earlier in the year. It's just like, you got to kind of be like, trust me on that. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, shout out to listener Sam who turned me on to it. Excellent. Nice. All right. Now we, we turn around. It's time for number four. Jeff, what you got? Okay. So uh, for number four, um, I'm going Mission Impossible. Yeah. Don't you dare. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking loved it and I don't care. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I look, I hear all the criticisms. I, you know, I've watched a lot of YouTube, you know, video essays saying why it's not as good as it should have been. But I honestly, I really had a lot of fun. I saw it twice in the theater. Um, yeah, just a solid, really fun movie. I just, it, it, it's one of those movies where I feel like I'm going to watch this again for sure like over the years. And that was one of the standards I kind of used for picking my top five is like, how many times am I going to come back to these movies? That's definitely what I'm going to be coming back to over the years. Just a solid, solid TC flick. Uh, so I did not include it in my list because I mention it uh, all the time on the show. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the mission impossible franchise, uh, Ethan hunt until I die. Uh, yeah. And uh, I enjoyed this as well. Uh, I've seen it twice. I, I, I bought it when it came out. Oh, my digital copy. Uh, big fan of the franchise, and yeah. uh, it was fun. You know, I'm I'm ready to go. Let's let's go kill AI, baby. Yeah. Also, <laughs> please yeah. note what Jeff uh, put on while delivering this uh, looking. <laughs> Look at him. He's got fucking glasses got on. Sc- You're giving me PTSD when Clark. He always wears sunglasses because it's the lookies, though. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Well, well, yeah, I wanted to be formal and respectful, so I didn't put my glasses on today. But also, no, I I mean, I had them on earlier. Uh, but then I started to get a bad headache. So I, turned, <laughs> I didn't yeah. know what's going on. Okay. I, but look, to be fair, these are prescription. I, I, <laughs> I came over to Darren's. This is not, this is not for the look. Okay. I, uh, I, I wear glasses and I forgot my glasses when I came over to Darren's, but I had my sunglasses cause I was out driving. So, um, and I also wanted to look cool. So yeah, whatever you say, Bono. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay and and that's me, also, go ahead. Let me, let me mention too, this didn't make my list. Um, but I do have to mention a little honorable mention here is Saltburn. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet. Yeah. There was a bathtub scene in that movie <laughs> that haunted me. It, it now it, it because I, I, I have like a germophobia, you know what I mean? Especially and like watching what happens in that bathtub, just, it haunted me, dude. I couldn't, it was hard to go to bed that night. <laughs> I was thinking about it the next day. And then I had to tell people about it. Like I had to find like my girlfriend. I was like, I, you're never going to watch this movie. So let me just tell you what happened so I can get it out. Like kind of like release it. But uh, I don't want to say what it exactly is. Cause I still want Darren. I still want it to shock Darren. So. Release but, was an interesting word to choose. Yeah. I'll describe Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not germophobic, but that scene, I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen that scene and it's still, I couldn't finish it. It, it, it's it's yeah it is so it keeps 
getting worse. Like as it starts, you're like, okay, creepy, weird, I get it. But then as it, it keeps, they up the ante like three to- three or four times on how disgusting they can make that scene. It's it's actually like impressive filmmaking, I, I have to say, for that scene. Well, while, while we're talking about it, um, we'll, we'll have a, 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 a segment of confessional here. Okay. As, uh, I watched uh, the majority of Saltburn on, <clears throat> on my cell phone. And not only was I on my cell phone, uh, but oh I was having God. breakfast at a local uh, oh. dining institution. <laughs> Wait, were you finishing your bowl of cereal? I'm oh, no. I, I was eating Swedish pancakes at the Milbrae Pancake House oh watching um, this young gentleman um, you know, with his it. release. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ruin it for Darren. That's it. Fuck it. I'm going to ruin it. Darren, it turns out the water was brackish. That's where salt burn, the title comes from. And he was not expecting it. <laughs> I just Thank you for the polite that. laughter. Also, I'm, just, I'm glad you got that right. Brackish water is correct. Good yeah, for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know my water, dude. All right, Darren, number four, what you got? <clears throat> I, yeah, I do want to throw out there. I left... Um, yeah, for whatever reason, I left Mission Impossible off just because I think it was just such a huge release. I was kind of, uh, trying to go for a little less, uh, uh, that mainstream, but just say it, dude, you're trying to be cool. Uh, huge, <laughs> uh, you know, let me be the door. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, but I, I, I want to put on record that I actually, yeah, no, I loved, loved that movie. And I thought, uh, I mean, I, I just I thought it was just like a roller coaster ride. I felt like every set piece was incredible. I, I so I, I was a big fan of it. Um, so my number four is Influencer. Yeah. Did you guys see that one? Yeah. Uh, really loved that one. Uh, loved the whole idea of the island. Loved uh, the performance of the main. Uh, the main villain um, forgot her name, but uh, she she was really good. Um, just one of those movies that I, I I love any anything in a horror thriller genre where I really just can like sort of don't know where it's going, but also it there's an inevitable sort of way I I sort of saw it going to which you wanted to go. It was kind of had that combination. Just a fun, just a really fun movie. I thought it was great. Yeah, my um, my sole critique of the film, if I remember correctly, was that they still are kind of going with the influencers or lonely people. And I'm like, I man, I just didn't buy it. That girl, I'm like, people would want to be like partying with that lead. Although it's the first time it uh, was Cassandra Nod, the person you're talking about, the one with the birthmark. Yeah. Yeah. What an interesting casting choice. Yeah. How did, how did you feel about that? Like y'all are in the film industry. Like, do you think you'd have to like change a script once you hire a girl like that? Cause you got to talk about her birthmark. Well, I, I mean, what was so great. Well, first of all, I didn't know my that own, was a real birthmark. My, my only, yeah, crit- it's real. Oh yeah. yeah it was my yeah. only critique of the movie actually is the title. I, I actually don't think, um, influencer, um, I, I don't think it was a, it really said what the movie was. I think it was more of a marketing decision uh, kind of thing. Um, the birthmark, I thought, yeah, I thought it was really cool. What What's very strange is that it's an integral plot yeah. piece. So 
I, I don't know. How, it'd be I'm very curious how that all worked out. I wonder. I wonder if the role was it was written, written for her because I mean, it's it's a, it, for those who I don't want to spoil it, but there's a a pretty key plot moment that has to do with the birthmark. So well, I, don't I think know. they probably wrote it first, and then they can't cast anybody without that birthmark. They have to. Go. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, it's funny though. People with like, birthmarks losing jobs. Yeah. you know. So yeah. I, I feel like this is a good example of a movie that would be like completely different in story if it were in world camera, just because you'd have to lean into that authenticity. And when Cassandra, the actual actress, is asked about her birthmark, because she's a very beautiful girl, yeah. but she's got like a hairy mole on her cheek. Well, and so does Drew Brees, and he still won a Super oh my Bowl. God. Well, she, when asked about like, did you ever think of removing it? She was like, I did. And, you know, the doctors were like, you could like lose vision in that eye or even have your face kind of go numb there. And honestly, I think at the end of the day, she realized I'll stand out of yeah. the pretty girl crowd with it. Yeah, right, right. yeah, it's smart. But in the movie, she's kind of playing a girl who's like possessed with like like rage about it. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. I'm like, ah, hell no. In this world, people would love it. It'd be a fetish porn immediately. Yeah. No, I can see <laughs> that. At my mole. At my mole.com. <laughs> At my mole. <laughs> All right, Randy Michael, you're number four. Yeah, I did talk about this one twice on the show, so uh, I'll be quick with it. But Now that's too much. I know. There's no in-between. Uh, the new Quentin DePew film, uh, Smoking Causes Coughing. That old boy. Which he makes very, you know, odd French deadpan comedies. He put out Incredible But True, I think, maybe the same year or maybe the year before. Mandibles, Deerskin, he did Rubber back in the day. Uh, you always know what to expect, or at least I always know what to expect. They're always short. They're always 90, like under 90. This one's 77 <laughs> minutes. And uh, they're just fun and very weird. In uh, this movie, there is a barracuda that is being cooked on a grill Ooh, that tells barracuda. a story <laughs> about a man who is essentially stuck in like a wood chipper. And it gets very gory and uh, violent. And it's, it's great. It's very fun. Uh, like I said, it, I put it on. It's 77 minutes. Uh, it's fun. There's a lot of Cool stuff. There's a uh, a rat puppet in here that uh like oozes green like spit that is very funny. He's like the leader of this group uh, of the main characters um, who are all sort of telling stories um, around a campfire. So it's it's got sort of like a uh, anthology uh, sort of feel to the movie. But uh yeah, it's a lot of fun. And he's already got two more in the can. So looking forward to those. He cranks them out, dude. I, uh, I hadn't caught up with this. I, it, Russ, did you see this? I know. No, I want to. I didn't even see um, the one prior to this. You uh, know what was that called? I, I Manibles, Mandibles. Yeah, with the fly. Mandibles is fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one's good. The thing is, this movie is ripe for a like Randy retread because you know there's probably like a whole genre element that just is completely over his head. Again, like the whole Sentai group. Like, I wonder what kind of Japanese stuff they're tapping into there, like <laughs> Ultraman or something that just would not appear on Randy's radar. I've, I've yeah. heard. Uh, criticisms from people saying that because it, it looks like whatever you just said or Power yeah. Rangers in the beginning and yep. then it totally turns into something different. Um, oh. So I've heard people that say that they're kind of bummed that it's like not really what uh, is sort of advertised, but I, it, it didn't really bug me. I'm bummed. <laughs> I'm immediately bummed. Okay. All right. Uh, coming in at number four, uh, we've got the first caveat 
of my list uh, because I've got a tie for number four. Because now I'm going to say I have a tie, but to be honest with you, I have to do this. I have to pair these two together. I have no choice because the theme of this pick is sort of what was my favorite theatrical experience of the year. And with both of these movies, and honestly, you could probably loop in number five, Dick's the Musical, in this as well, because it's important to have a good community when you see these movies, because it's part of the success of these things. And fortunately, um, I was able to see both of these, uh, one with the filmmaker there, the other was not. And thankfully, I'm glad that's the case, because if, if he was there, I don't know. I don't know what kind of energy he's going to bring to the table, to be honest with you. And I think we're all going to be weirded out if Neil Breen showed up. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Uh, because this year in 2023, we were fortunate enough to have theatrical releases, uh, not only from Neil Breen uh, with Cade the Tortured Crossing, uh, but the long the long awaited return of Tommy Wiseau <laughs> with Big Shark. So we were able to see Big Shark with Tommy in person. Uh, that was a wild experience. And then we were able to see uh, Cade the Tortured Crossing as well. Uh, both of these movies, um, you know, these gentlemen, they, they're they in the club together. There's not a lot of people in this club that these two are in. Uh, but, you know, they occupy a space in film uh, that is very unique uh, in terms of, of outside cinema, I guess, is the best way to describe what's happening here. Um, they both have similar styles, but they... Uh, do their own thing. Um, Big Shark is the best way to describe Big Shark is it's a fever dream. Uh, and that's kind of how <laughs> Russell and I have described it internally. It, it's the best way because you cannot map out on paper what you're looking at. Uh, nothing makes sense, but yet everything makes sense at the same time. Um, it's and just a it's great. I love Big Shark. I genuinely had a great time watching this insane thing that, uh, you know, anyone who had any sort of understanding of film could not make. And so that's why, you know, these sort of outsider art things are are so fun to be a part of and watch is because, you know, it's – these are free thinkers, all right. They're free thinkers and they're also free thinkers on a budget, which is why everything looks like dog shit. But, um, and also, Russell, uh, coincidentally, uh, both of these movies were mentioned yesterday in the newest episode of Corridor Crew, um, oh. which is uh, do you guys are you guys YouTubers, uh, Guillermo Brothers? Uh, do, do you know um, Corridor Crew? It's a YouTube channel. Um, it's these guys that do special effects. And uh, they do a show on YouTube where they cr sort of, you know, talk about, um, you know, special effects that that's happening, um, critique it one way or another, sometimes. No, I, I just wrote that down. Yeah. That sounds it's awesome. It's fantastic. It's you learn so much oh, wow. um, about visual effects and because uh, these guys are pros in the industry with it. And uh, they were actually covering some of these sort of B movies in their episode yesterday and included <laughs> scenes from both Cave the Torture Crossing and Big Shark. So, uh, and now how much punching down are they doing? None at all. Okay. None at all. All right, then back in. None at all. Um, and, uh, you know, cause they, 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 they know what's up. Yeah. They're, they're flummoxed as to what's happening. Good word. Um, you know, with, uh, yeah. with, uh, Neil Brain playing his twin, 
yeah. uh, with the the worst beard you've ever seen in your life. The most <laughs> internet vibe movie in history. Cade, the tortured cross. I had to put these two together. I had to make their list because you know um, they were. I, I I loved my experience with both of these. And again, you know, while while we're here, Corridor Crew. I think the best way to sum up what they do. It's kind of like how Tom Savini grabbed hold of like horror fans zeitgeist and, you know, would be in magazines and books where these dudes are, they're relatable, they're straightforward, they break shit down that seems very complicated in VFX and makes it like, like, oh, that's why Scorpion King looked weird. Or like, oh, it was a, you know, they might have a big team, but no time. And they kind of, they, I don't know. They kind of pull away the mystery of why movies look so fucking bad with CGI sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So I highly recommend that show. Wow, their show, their show's huge. It's yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, wow. they're kind of the only people doing it, like wow. making VFX like appreciated as art. Yeah, because really, it just kind of they do a good job. Yeah, yeah, they do a great job. I just subscribed. That's awesome. Can't wait. To, oh wow, this this looks awesome. Yeah, Oksana, you're number four. <laughs> Here we go. Uh-oh. Wolf Cop 2 oh, need, made the list. You need a little bit of time. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no. David, what are you doing back in here? No, I, ha- I have it. Right. I know what it is. You got it. You got it. I was just <laughs> looking like, I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with my first theater experience of 2023, and that is Megan. There it is. I don't know. I like. Oh. Not only is it like a good slasher, I mean... It's pretty. It's pretty graphic. Even though we saw the PG thirteen um, <laughs> cut before they made the unrated one or the R or whatever, um, it's like a good slasher. But it's also an interesting conversation about AI and like parenting. Oh, and what is that conversation? <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't realize um, that was a twenty twenty three flick, but dude. Okay. It opened the year up. Yeah, it's yeah. Funny. That's, I that's that funny. Movie. It seems. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was the preview. Yeah, I like Megan too. Honorable mention yeah. on mine. Yeah, I'll throw that up. up. Honorable mention for sure. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Know. Um, I feel like we still. I. I still. Uh, I think about this movie a lot, especially with like similar products to Megan that are actually being made, like AIs that will train your kids to do things so that you don't have to as a parent. Well, I mean, we're kind of we're a little bit guilty of that too. We have a uh, we've entered the <laughs> hashtag try parenting with Miss Rachel. Yeah, shout out to you, Miss Rachel. <laughs> you do God's work. Just don't um, kill our neighbor's pet. I guess <laughs> that would be its own movie. I think about that Megan dance probably once oh, every yeah. two weeks. Yeah, for me, it's the run. The the run. Yeah, the run. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it was what it was when that movie, when the movie ended, I I felt like it was weird. I went and I really enjoyed it. I was like, I have a feeling this will be that good first movie. And I feel like the second one, it's going to just get better. I think if they I I think this could be a really good franchise, um, really sets the table because they slow burned it. And, and which I like, um, and you didn't really start getting to the good stuff till kind of towards the end. So, um, yeah, that's I look, I'm looking forward to that sequel for sure. Yeah, really good filmmaking there. The uh, important thing to note is that James Wan waited for the doll to be made before crafting the script. Because he's like, the worst thing you can do with the creature feature is you write a movie, mm. have expectations on how the thing's going to look, and then you look at it and you're like, that's not this movie. Mm. So, I mean, ah. listen to everybody. Also, Megan, I thought, 
really, it sent a warning sign to me too. Back uh, the year prior, I saw a vampire movie in D-Box called The Invitation. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, god-awful. But it was the first movie I remember releasing PG-13 in the theater and then R streaming. And I remember feeling, what the fuck? Why did you show me the baby version? Like, this movie was already terrible. Give me some blood or something. Give me a nipple, right? And then Megan did it too. And I went, oh, no. That's the future. You can't go nip in PG-13? Oh, God, no. TVMA now. Oh, Actually, Honestly. For a nip? 2024. We're, we're talking tip now. We're probably going... Let me get a tip yeah. for uh, Uncle, rated R. Uncle, important question. You mean man nip too? Oh, no. God. No, no, you can't milk those. I don't want a hair near the nip. <laughs> now, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Not for nourishment. <laughs> All right, Russell John, your number four film. Of uh, no, I don't do that. No, I, All right, I have you're, whatever the fuck you want to do. <laughs> My next genre. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> Russell's on his own list. Yeah, this is what you have to do. Clark shows up here and he just belittles me every show. He wears glasses. He won't even look me in the eye. So I have to live in my own world. I have to give myself my own flowers. Every well, you put on a nice work shirt today. I, I dressed up. Um, I couldn't find the tie. Uh, you know, I think because I'm going to ride your wave. Yeah, dude. Of avant-garde outsider art. Party on all these. And I'm going to go into, actually, that's a terrible segue because it doesn't apply. I'm mm. going to do my my favorite theater experience of 2023, mm. which, honestly, I have a kind of like hacky one, which I'm going to go with now because the other two options were Neil Breen and Tommy Wiseau. I mean, you know, that's, you know, I'm, I'm great. I'm glad you picked it because I honestly forgot we went until you reminded me. Down it was early. It was like April of last year. I think it was yesterday you reminded me when we were at the fridge and you're like, oh, yeah, these. I'm like, oh, fuck, those were great. Again, you failed to mention that we saw future time traveling Randy at Big Shark. <laughs> Randy, you got to you're going to grow a foot taller in the future. We, really we should weird. we should have closed nice. the loop. We should have closed the loop <laughs> at Big gone. Shark because that was that was uh, bizarro world. Randy. Yeah, <laughs> it was just about eight inches taller. We should have killed him. Um. So I guess, you know, my favorite theatrical uh, experience of the year is going to have to take place at, um, I mean, it's a coincidence, but our film fest, the Unnamed Footage Festival. We had a bunch of great stuff going on. We had Horror in the High Desert 2, Dutch came Love out. Love self-promotion. We had, we had what everybody hated on this show. Hashtag Chad gets the axe. <laughs> we had two different movies being watched at the same time because the chat was so interactive and had its own characters. That everybody who was born 1995 or up, uh, they all just engaged with characters that other people born before 1995 didn't even know were a character. And um, that was great. But what really stole the show for me wasn't Tontine, the reality film that we dug up. Congratulations to Thomas Burke and Madeline Marbles, a.k.a. R.I.P. And uh, we had a, a full house for it, too. People flew out. It was crazy. The thing that I want to mention is the movie that we paid $500 a show. It's a little behind the, the curtain here. Oh, boy. The new Koji Shirashi film, Safe Word. Now, after Tontine, which is a lost reality show uh, that, you know, had ties to Survivor and people have been looking for for years. After that pack theater emptied out and it was about midnight that we're starting a movie about a pro wrestler turned dominatrix set in Japan. And we looked out there like, holy shit, there's still a lot of people here. And then we did a trivia where we gave away a sex toy for um, some Koji Shirashi trivia. Like, 
It was it was one of the best things ever. Also, Terrell squealing as a girl peed on another girl's face may have been the pre-Saltburn moment of the year. <laughs> so again, if you're if not coming to the film fest, you should. I just turning into a commercial now because it really was the best theatrical experience. And uh, the Gear Brothers, you are always invited. I believe our new festival, the dates are up. It's the end of March. So if y'all are uh, in the Bay Area, come out here. We'll roll out the red carpet for you. Awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love how that turned into a commercial. I feel very proud of myself. <laughs> No, we didn't. We didn't have a commercial spot this week. You know, we were yeah. running tight. So I'm glad you kind of killed yeah. two birds with one stone there. You did a good job. Also, I did forget to plug the festival dates in the last episode. Oxana, you're fired as a producer. All as well. All right, <laughs> uh, we've uh, we made another lap. So, uh, oh, so Jeff, do, keep do us we, going with number three. Okay. I thought oh, you were calling right. for the band to do the theme music again. Okay, no, we're, now, we're, we're moving the shake. Um, I I don't know whether to give you a little preface or just say it and then explain it but i'm i think i'll just say it and i'll explain it if needed elemental oh, oh boy dude you're I'm bringing the takes today i'm doing it and I, and the reason why um my girlfriend i mean god bless her she i make her i don't make her watch a lot of movies but i you know i i'm usually the one saying let's watch this movie and then we watch it and at, at a certain point she was like you know we don't we don't watch movies i pick so I was like, you know, okay, like you pick movies. All yeah, so she, we we have her in the rotation now, uh, picking movies, and a lot of them are Disney flicks. And um, I saw Elemental earlier this year, and I gotta say, dude, I got I got choked up. I got moved, brothers and sisters. <laughs> this was this was this was I, I genuinely very much love this movie. I can't wait to see it again. Elemental, that's a strong three for me. Now is it is this a Pixar? I I believe so. Yeah, I believe it's a Pixar movie. And are you are you catching all the? Uh, I mean, is this up to snuff with all the other Pixars, or no, is this something you haven't you haven't gone in for a while and it kind of poked at the heartstrings a little bit? No, you know, I, I this was in a sl- like in a stream of a bunch of Disney Pixar flicks that I was watching, and you know, some of them are really good, and other ones I'm not too impressed by. But this one really touched me, you know, and I think there was an element of like, I kind of identified with the water and, uh, in or in Elemental? you know, and, wait a minute. Uh, Isn't that what M Knight did in Avatar? <laughs> <laughs> but genuinely very funny, very cute movie. If you're looking just for a good time, you know, I don't know. I, I don't. I actually don't want to go on record necessarily recommending it, but I'm certainly going on record. I'm certainly it's your going on three. Record. I'm certainly going on record as loving it. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. It is on the record. It's on the record. That's for damn sure. <laughs> All right. Um, number three. I'm going. Uh, I'm going. Evil Dead Rise. That old boy. Yeah. Loved it. Um, brutal just one location pretty much love the intro uh it, that was one where the intro was just so good it was like oh god if the movie could just be stay at this level the whole way through and it just was just pretty relentless i thought the performance of the main uh god i always forget her name too i've been horrible with names lately but yeah her whoever the lead was in that 
she was just fan to the one that was possessed. She was just fantastic the whole way through. And the kills were brutal. Um, great finale. I mean, just another great evil dead movie. Um, loved it. For the record, I am staring at the IMDb page and I think I know who the actress is, but I will not be attempting that name. Alyssa Sutherland. Okay, then I had the wrong actress. I think that's right. <laughs> You're yeah, all, I can't read. Uh, I'm going to text this to somebody. <laughs> I'm staring right at it. I'm like, should I jump in here? And I'm like, no, nah, not worth it. Now, Russ, didn't you say this is uh, one of the best sequels in the franchise? Ooh, I don't know. That's a strong franchise. And you either love it or hate it. But this, it really reminded me of Demons 2, which I love. Are you all like Demons fans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I uh, there's something about like you're trapped in an apartment building. Yeah, you that, love that. It's a fun, fun uh, setup. Yeah. yeah, when it took a little like fantastical turn, I'm like, honestly, yeah. I could have, I could have put this as a fantasy movie. That's my failure there. And that third act, yeah, it would have been a good crescendo for it, huh? Yeah. You just fit any square peg in any round hole you find. No, don't it's you? it's a journey of characters. I want it to be a little bit uh, journey of characters. Uh, heightened reality. I don't. I don't want like something. Ah, that's not even true. Yeah, I do. I just fit anything in there. You're right. <laughs> I admit it. Randy Michael, you're number three. Sure, this is where uh, where I have a caveat this year. Oh, oh boy, no. <laughs> technically Randy, no porn, Randy. <laughs> It's technically a mini series. Okay. I'll allow it. But, uh, you know, it's like uh, a little bit longer than, uh, it's like three and a half hours long if you watch it all in one yeah. sitting, which I have done. That's like a short movie these days. Keep yeah. it on. Exactly. It's like <laughs> Bo is Afraid plus, you know, 20 minutes. That's right. Uh, it's I'm a Virgo uh, by Boots Riley, uh, a show that takes place. In Oakland and is shot pretty close to where I used to live for at least a couple of the episodes. Uh, this is another sort of absurdist satire sort of comedy that takes place in the real world, but there's people with superpowers. There's like a, uh, a hero played by Walton Goggins in it. Uh, it's a very fun show. If you've seen uh, Boots Riley's previous feature, this feels very similar to that. Um, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. I, uh, I've, I've seen it twice so far and, uh, I think it's a really great show and I don't know a whole lot of people that have seen it. So I haven't really talked to many people about it, but, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And like I said, it's, uh, cool to see stuff shot in Oakland. There's not a ton of stuff, sh a ton of movies that I've seen shot in Oakland. Um, but yeah, it's always cool to see, uh, places that you're familiar with, um, on screen. And I think this is a, uh, great show. I need to watch this. Oh, yeah, I'm bored there. You, Randy, you say this twice. Yeah, I did. I did my homework uh, like two months ago, and I, I watched the whole thing in one sitting because I had previously watched it in different locations and like not in ideal scenarios, part of it on a phone. So I wanted to rewatch the whole thing. And uh, yeah, it holds up. Well, Randy, I watched the infamous bathtub scene on a phone. And I'm <laughs> saying it was fine. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. All right, I'm a Fargo. I said, you know what? I'll allow this. Boots Riley, he's uh, he's friend of the show. He's Randy. You remember? Yeah, we saw him at the Alamo once. Yeah, yeah. What movie? What movie did we see him there? We were like, that's Boots Riley. I think it was. Was it a? Uh, was it Midsummer? It was Midsummer. I think so. That's yeah. what it was. So he suffered right there with us. 
Man boots. Before right. we move on, I will say there's a great use of practical, like in camera stuff here. Um, essentially, the main character is a 14 foot tall <laughs> um, black teenager, and they do everything with uh, forced perspective. And it gives a really cool, uh, interesting look. I heard it was very awkward for him to perform the scenes because he would be not really looking at his partner in the scene because he'd be closer to the camera and be, they'd be much farther away. But uh, yeah, a lot of really cool inventive filmmaking. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity. I was going to do a little intermission later on, but uh, we have a special top five list from East Bay cinematographer Jasadi Perkins. And I, the reason I'm interjecting here is because he absolutely disliked I Am a Virgo. And he huh? claimed that the problem with Oakland filmmaking is that they're portraying it in a in a non-reality. But his example... Well, and he's I don't, a lifelong yeah, Oakland... He's still living Oaklander. out there. But here's the thing. Oaklandite? I, the thing that he pointed to is that a lot of people Oaklandian. love to like praise the sideshow culture of Oakland. And he's like, they're not even called Sideshow anymore. They're called Takeovers, and people hate them. Yeah, but Sideshow Bob sounds better than Takeover Bob. (laughs) So here, let's let's hear a word. Again, this is a, if you're a long-time listener, a long-term listener, as we learned last episode, uh, we used to allow people to call in past guests and give their top five. And uh, this year, for the past three, we haven't offered that up, mainly because we're lazy. Well, uh, Jasadi was one of a few people who was very mad to not be a guest on this show. But again, <laughs> we can't have a 10-hour show, although I'd like it. Clark would be very angry. Yeah, correct. You need to learn how to and say no when you're <laughs> I know. So I said, the best I can offer you is that we bring it back and you send me a recording. So let's go ahead and hear the recording. And for the record, I have not heard it. If he starts throwing around M-bombs. Then that's why are a- we playing it? Because our producers okayed it. Oksana, verify. Correct. How long is it? It's a minute. All right, here we go. Yo, what up? This is your East Bay cinematographer, Jasadi. Um, so this is my top five lookies for 2023. <laughs> Fuck you, Clark, because number five <laughs> is King Von. Seal, my man, bitch. my man. Um, yeah, it's a dope ass documentary. Uh, y'all should check it out. Even though I know Randy is not gonna watch this shit. Um. <laughs> Very informative. Uh, number four, Talk to Me. Um, another great film. I think it really resonated with me because it kind of like touches on like drug culture and, um, you know, just partying and doing dumb shit with your friends. Number three, is John Wick 4. I don't even need to explain that. Like that's, that's like the <laughs> creme de la creme of action movies. Number two, Godzilla, minus one. It's just a classic. Um, I don't give a fuck about Godzilla movies usually, so (laughs) this one really surprised me. And my number one movie, I want to guess what it is? (laughs) (laughs) They clone Tyrone. Nice. Yes. I don't like, this movie's so dope. Um, it just has so many different layers and like, I just love everything about this movie. Like, um, and we're short on time. So we're <laughs> back to the looking. 
All right. Do you got any other secret voicemails That's in your little kangaroo pouch? Although that was a lot of fun. Thank you, Jasadi. Please do not threaten me again next time. I think we should just open it up. If we're still doing the show next year, we should bring back that. Dan, Dan Bauer has set a precedent. Just threaten Russell. <laughs> you get what you want. All right. My number three. Uh, I've talked about it a lot on this show. And uh, that's okay, because that's what we do. We talk about films that we like, films that we love. And uh, I, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let all of you know right now that I rewatched this movie again last night because I purchased it. And, it, and I think this is the third time that I've watched it this year, the year that it came out. And of course, as I'm looking Russell dead in the eyes. He knows what's coming. I have no idea. Blackberry, baby. I love Blackberry. You're oh, a fucking okay. hack. I hate you. How am I a hack? Just because, <laughs> just because six or seven years ago, we wanted to get the director, Matt Johnson, on no, our show. No. We emailed him and he thought we were a part of the Overlook Film Festival. And then once we told him we were not, then he was no longer interested in us. I don't take rejection as hard as you oh, do. Oh, I didn't even realize that was him. He's the same guy. <laughs> Look, no, here, and this is for the Geary brothers. I'm not seeing it. Uh, Clark loves anything with a, a fucking brand in it. So, you know. It's the, the dark, year of the brand. No, no. If if we did a, like, 90s recap, the dark story of Nerf, and it was all about the Just gun company, yeah. he would be like, oh, fucking Nerf gun. Okay, first of all, are you who the oh. hell would not watch a Nerf movie? Yeah, yeah. Nerf oh, movie. dude, that's that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. you nailed it. I'm watching Nerf, the Nerf bro. story. Are you oh kidding me? God. No, but I mean, you do bring a point. I mean, in a year that we have been inundated with with brand, yeah, and and air you know, Tetris, yeah. yeah. Hot it's it's it, Beanie Babies had a movie this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. and again, you know, uh, pointing back to to Darren, I was I was telling you about acute misfortune. Is like with that movie, um, it is it is a perfect sort of anti biopic, and we mm. kind of have that here with Blackberry to a certain extent. Mm. Um, I just really have. Have you guys seen uh, Blackberry? No, I haven't. I, it's been on my list yeah, though because I've heard it. I mean, it looks like it got great reviews yeah. and I, I, no shame. I mean, I, you know me, I have absolutely no shame. I put elemental on my list. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, it, I, every time I see it, I'm like, Oh, I want to watch that. But I, it's, so it's on my list. I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I just, um, casting is a big thing for yeah. me always. Oh yeah. And oh. I think it's important because, you know, it's, um, you know, movies, movies, when done correctly, and and for the most part, um, you know everything should be ju- you know judged upon its own merit. But you know, uh, I, I with acting and, and things like that, I you know the the role of the director is is sort of the conductor, and it's important that you know you've you've got you know a lot of different instruments to choose from, and you you find a nice melody and harmony with everything that's working. And I think that the casting in, in Blackberry just worked perfectly for me uh, to use Glenn Howerton the way that they did. I mean, I, I when I saw the movie, I, the reason why it's I, this almost was my number one. I just really uh, like this movie a lot just because of, you know, how they execute um, the biopic. And I, I am a defender of the biopic and I'm also a harsh critic of the biopic. Because yeah. so many, they're they're more terrible than not. Agreed. But to use 
a a story yeah. like Blackberry, um, because it's a very interesting story, and it's it's not a very long story. Uh, there's around ten years in this whole timeline that takes place, and the, you know, and they go from nothing to the top back to nothing. And uh, I like those rags to riches to rag stories, and um, just the, the the ensemble here is great. Uh, a lot of good big characters. It's just a lot of fun. Good. And um, it's just uh, it's a good time. Blackberry, check it out. How Best quote of the year too. Uh, when Glenn Howerton yells, I'm from Waterloo where the vampires hang out. It, yeah, he's it's just, just like yell- such nonsense, but he's like so passionate about when he says it. He's, it's, he's one of my favorite performances of the year um, yeah. because he is, he is an unfiltered sociopath. Yeah. And it is just, it's, and, and Jay Baruchel also was fantastic. And then Matt Johnson, who was the writer director, also kind of plays third banana in the movie. Um, it's great. I, I, I love, I love Blackberry. How has there not been a McAfee biopic? (laughs) Like, because he's, he's like scary. (laughs) He's dead now, right? I think he's dead. Yeah. I think he died like a couple of years ago, but it could be, we could be in another Clint Howard. Very next to Clint Howard. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oksana, you're number three. My number three is, um, it's been mentioned a couple times. It's not horror. What? Yeah. Although okay. it is tremendously violent, which I enjoyed. <laughs> and it is Sisu. Oh, tight. There it is. I loved it. And we saw it kind of early in the year. I made a mental note to myself not to forget how much I love this movie um, for this episode specifically. <laughs> Um, we, so we saw it, we, we got promotional shirts at the screening we went to. By the time we got up to the table, all they had left was youth small or something. (laughs) We still took, I mean, maybe our son will eventually wear it, but, um, yeah, this movie. You can send it my way. (laughs) It might be like a little, um, midriff, but all yours if you want. Also, no, we've sent Randy merch before. He doesn't wear it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Was that it? You know, it is funny. We got up to line. We were so pumped. All the people that didn't want to wait in the line were like, dude, we're going to get shirts. We got up there. I was like, oh, shirts. And they're like, oh, uh, what they, they were like, why am like, what does that mean? They're like youth medium. And yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? So they didn't even, I'm like, no, I still want them. So we took three of them. <laughs> Use them as hand towels. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do with them. Why the hell would you make a youth size shirt for like, the most violent movie of the year? So right. far? honestly, I, it's kind of a callback to the 80s. Make a fucking Robocop toy or Predator toy. Like, I, I haven't seen this. I've, it seems like nothing but fun. It it's is actually a lot of fun. fun. It's really funny, too. It's, it's super fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah, but it, there's also, like, a very serious attention to, like, color grade and pacing. So when it opens up, there's almost like a there will be blood moment of a yeah. dude digging for gold. Wow. Yeah. And Lucky. they kind of, like, the way the gold looks is so aesthetically pleasing yeah. in this, like, just in the grade. And then you move into like John Wick, bloody, like don't fuck with this guy territory. Yeah. It's it's really good. And they have an homage to Jason in there from Friday the 13th. Okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking good movie. Um, and, and, good and, it's super, and it's super splatter. I mean, it's, it's yeah. yeah, I mean, it's great. Great movie. There's also a cute dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I do, I do think. Uh, got Nazis. I mean, what do you, what do you want? 
Um, Still Nazis in it. <laughs> I do believe it's from the producers of John Wick, and a part yeah. of their marketing campaign was the dog doesn't die here. Uh, right? Or it's like, we don't kill the dog or something. Yeah, it's like, I don't watch the trailer, so I'm glad I didn't. That's what the website does the dog die.com is for. Don't take away their, their bread and butter. <laughs> All right. All right, Russell, what uh, genre are we going into now? I don't know. I'm having a tough time picking. Um, we got bangers, dude. Uh, what genres do you think are left on my list? I don't know. Tell us. Oh, we got three. Okay. You got to guess. You got to guess. Horror. One. Okay. Horror is one. Uh, let's, you know what? Let's do that. Horror 2023. What a fucking year for horror movies. This is really tough. I feel like my whole journey with horror started in the slasher genre. And this year we had like fucking three good ones. Um, Again, Thanksgiving, you know, it's not going to make my list, but man, it was fucking good. Megan, you know, every time there's a doll slasher movie, all you want is just fake Chucky. Just try and do Chucky again. I know you won't hit it, but please just give us the uncanny valley of a doll doing something they delivered it and then the like the secret one buried in the in deep recesses of netflix the conference was really good too and i if nobody's seen it here i highly recommend you watch that there's great subtext uh social commentary naturally comes out in that movie a fan and then the genre isn't forgotten either there's a uh, great buildup to a, a weapon. There's a fantastic mask. Not my movie, though. I loved it. Slashers, I'm sorry. You were you were firing off, but I had a kid. And uh, in the year I had a kid, there was maybe the most brutal <clears throat> televised death of a child ever to hit cinema outside of reality. And, uh, you know, where evil lurks is just, I have to give it to that. I mean, it... Um, I've never been so captivated by a movie that I wanted to look away from. Also, uh, very important to me is paying attention to the genre you're in. I've never seen a movie tease science as an answer like this movie did, where you almost have like an H.P. Lovecraft uh, instrument hidden in a briefcase that's like the, the worst kind of MacGuffin in a bleak possession film like this. Also, rotten as a way to refer to people who have like gone rotten. It's so on the nose and beautiful. I, uh, if you haven't seen it, I know this movie kind of made ripples and it's not really my brand to, to ride that wave, but I think this film's kind of undeniable. It's really fucking good. And I mean it, this has been the year of like pregnancy horror and having a, a brand new little bouncing baby out there. It's like, man, fuck y'all. Cause these people are all my age and it, you can tell they're, they're struggling with, do I give up the freedom and have a kid? Or do I make a horror movie about how terrible kids are? And it's like, just fucking have a kid. It's great. Uh, yeah. Where Evil Lurks. It was fantastic. Yeah. I feel like uh, we may have more to come on that one. Sulper. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. I hate it because with a movie like that, you're like, other people are probably going to pick it. But, you know, I got to be contrary. No, it's great. Yeah. It's great. All right. Jeff, number two. Well, um, I my number two is exactly the same movie that Russell just covered. Uh, when Evil Lurks, oh, I, I recently saw it, and I didn't know what to expect. I knew, I knew, like in my you know Facebook horror film, you know uh, groups I'm a part of, like I knew there was a lot of talk about it. Um, but you know that doesn't really mean 
that much. And but it, I I I really liked the cover and stuff. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll check it out. And um, I didn't realize it was going to be a foreign film. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, got it. Got to do subtitles. You know, um, which is fine. It was great. Maybe take the sunglasses off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sunglasses did come off. Uh, but yeah, it was one of the most disturbing films I've seen in a long time, but with, but still staying within the parameters of like, it didn't turn into one of those movies where you're just like, come on, dude, like, why are we making it this disturbing? Like, Mm -hmm. it it felt like it was still within the realm of, uh, I don't know, decent society or something. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't want to say too much because Darren hasn't seen it yet and I was really hyping it up to him. Uh, there was certainly like more than one scene where I was literally like just yelling. It wasn't a scream. It was a yell like, <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> what? You know? So there's a few of those. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't, I, I don't really, oh, and I love, there was a little funny thing in there. If you're a fan of, uh, the last of us video game and TV show, the, the main character I felt like was dressed like he dressed and looked like Joel for the first like and then he had a clothing change and then he literally did a clothing change where now he looks like Ellie from the show. So I <laughs> you know when he has to wear his is uh not his brother but his ex wife's yeah um, husband when he wears his clothes. I thought that was pretty pretty oh, funny. Yeah. I have no idea if they knew knew that doing it. They probably didn't, but if they did, you know, kudos to them. But yeah, that lead actor could have been Joel in that TV show. He he totally had it. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, loved that movie. Loved it. Randy Michael, number two. Did we skip one alone? Wait, what? You forgot oh, the. Uh, the I um, forgot, dude. Uh oh. Totally did. Darren, down. Take dude, it away. You're, dude, you're, 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 yeah, you I do. Be careful, I do. And I, and I've, been, I've, been, I've been known. I've been known to retaliate. So. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, I, I got to get to my number two, actually, because uh, uh, Clark and Russell, both of you have honorable mention this film. I got to bring it in for my number two, uh, Thanksgiving. Attaboy. Um, I effing love this movie. Oh, I yeah. mean, what I loved about it, I love that it was, it's rare that something feels this much like a classic slasher with no self-referential, no meta, no modern day bullshit tacked onto it. You just literally could have watched that exact movie made uh, 30 years ago, 40 Mm -hmm. years ago. And that's what I loved about it. It was just so old school, but in the perfect way, like just pure splatter, uh, fun. The kills were great. Uh, Jeff and I talk all the time. I mean, we're, we're huge Eli Roth fans. I feel like he's super underrated. Um, just a big fan of a lot of his work. Uh, doesn't have a perfect catalog, but I think his good work is really good and yeah i just absolutely love thanksgiving you know that's a great point it it does come across as like this evergreen slasher right yeah because it 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 you know 
pick a point any any time between modern day and the yeah. 80s. Yeah, you can plug that in there. You're totally. fine. Totally. It it just ha- it just you just get that Friday the 13th or just like one of those sort of you know uh, Valentine. You know, it's it's like uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's 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 just uh, it's like a movie you could have just picked up in a video store you know, 40 years ago. Uh, that's, that's what I love about it. Yeah, man. Patrick Dempsey crushed it in that too. He was great. And you know, I, we know y'all are big Eli Roth fans, but most people aren't. Yeah. And I know Oksana, people were reaching out to her when we went to see it and they're like, ah, is that really good? Do I have to watch it? And she was like, yeah. And normally <laughs> I don't, I don't love Eli Roth movies. And that got so many people to go. They're like, okay, I kind of feel the same. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if it was just teaming up with his good friend Tim Dillon that did it for him, but he really brought it there. I, yeah, yeah I, that movie's so fucking good. It's highly satisfying. Yeah, it all, is all the way through. It really is. Yeah. All right, now number two, Randy Michael. Yeah, my number two is one I think probably nobody else has seen here. It's one of my. Uh, be my most pretentious pick it's on the criterion channel oh the oh humble God. brag has commenced Here we go. Uh, it's called godland uh now it, i don't live in california do <laughs> it's a, a movie that is beautifully shot in like four by three with like the rounded edges uh, everything looks beautiful it is very cold and very like just sort of bleak uh, it's essentially it's like a 19th century um movie where this danish priest uh, is supposed to go to this remote part of Ireland to sort of like colonize it and whatnot. And sort of on the journey, he becomes very, uh, he starts to lose his sense of self and sense of reality. Um, and you could tell that the cold and the nature of the trip just really like beats him. Um, and the main uh, actor, you could just really see it in his eyes, like how tired he is uh, and how much the trip affected him. And I will say, I did watch this with my first bout of COVID uh, like maybe a month ago. So I maybe, you know, maybe I was feeling a little isolated and a little uh, whatever as well. And it really, uh, really helped me immerse into this movie. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's beautifully shot and uh, it's a little long. It's like two and a half hours or something like that. But um, I don't know. It's a, it's really good. One of these sort of like slower movies uh, that I've seen this year. Um, I didn't care for the movie NS men, which a lot of people loved. Um, this feels like sort of a similar vibe, but, uh, yeah, I was a big fan of Godland on, uh, the Criterion channel. COVID approved for Randy. <laughs> I was in a, uh, I was in a, a fever dream, dude. It, it, the movie does look like a fever dream. It's good. It's really good. And don't hate on the Criterion. I'm a huge Criterion channel fan. So I, I, yeah. Randy, where is this available? Is this a uh, movie selection? Criterion Channel. Criterion. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't movie. on Tubi, Clark. All movie. Right. movie. <laughs> this ain't no Pluto flick, right? Oh, this got Pluto that. written all over. <laughs> you know Pluto's famous for their, their pinch it for 4-3. Hey, hey, listen. Aspect ratio. The Retaliators is on Tubi, so uh, oh, yeah, don't hate. Hey, yeah. hey. oh, I love Tubi. Hey, we are yeah. big Tubi guys over here. Tubi, tubi or not Tubi? <laughs> tubi. <laughs> I love it, dude. So, uh, Randy, uh, I again, all year, you've given me shit. Again, 
uh, Unfriended, also on the Criterion streaming. And you would always was, say something. It's not anymore. <laughs> we we had this thing every week. <laughs> you have to mention it. He has to correct it, dude. But Randy would always say a thing. Just because it's streaming doesn't mean it's in the collection. So does that this mean Godland actually doesn't oh, really? have the stamp of approval from the cinema gods over at Criterion? Could it I pick it in the closet? Pretty christened over there. They put a big. Because I, <laughs> I, 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 I I'm always over there because I dig. Back, I just I love to watch a lot of older movies, and uh, when that came out, they put that everywhere and and pumped the shit out of it for sure. So it looks like it's pretty Criterion approved. All right, and again, you are talking about Unfriended, correct? <laughs> oh, not, not unfriended. <laughs> All right, hell yeah. All right, well, uh, we're gonna keep this moving along because my number two. Oh. Is when evil lurks. All right. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, you know, what else can we say? Uh, it's it's fantastic, and uh, I I was excited because I was I was a big fan of uh, this director's first movie, Terrified, um, that came out a few years ago. I was able to see oh, that yeah, as a part yeah. of um, uh, Fantastic Fest yeah. uh, satellite thing that they had over here as well. And uh, thoroughly enjoyed Terrified and was uh, very excited for When Evil Lurks. And um, man, it just, it, it is abrasive in yeah. its, in its horror. And uh, I mean, you know, we, we have one, I mean, it just, it just keeps amplifying to the point to where, um, I didn't, I didn't know how, I didn't know where we were. I was just along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time I'm trying to pick things apart. Yeah. Um, and, but with this, it was, it was just at a juncture to where I was just, I didn't know where we were going and because I was uneasy the whole time. Uh, cause, uh, that, that, that scene that we can't talk about when that happened. Um, I, it was a little, I haven't had a moment like that since I would say it was a hereditary level gasp mm-hmm. that I had. Like when the young lady got her head popped off on the telephone pole, like this was the, this was that level reaction I had to where I audibly like gasped and lost my breath that that was happening. And, um, but then, I mean, you know, outside of that, it's just a really good film. And, uh, I, I, I love the ending and, um, yeah, that's it. I want to be respectful for, for everyone who has not seen it because, uh, Enjoy the journey, man. It's great. It's yeah. fantastic. You you did bring up a good point, though. Uh, terrified. A lot of people talked about the humor in that film. There's humor here, too. It's just of the darkest variety. It is. Also, I will say, I there's something about watching a foreign language movie where it, it feels more important, yeah. first of all. Yeah. I, it, right. it, feels, it feels more important, and I'm more forgiving with exposition. And I, I appreciate the exposition in this movie because it's basically kind of all serviced through the grandmother. And um, when the grandmother's kind of giving the folklore of everything, the way that that's presented, I thought was genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it added and it benefited to the overall story. And it, it threw in another character. It added depth. Yeah. It's just great. It's, it's great. It, this also is a 12-star movie. <laughs> Absolutely. And Clark, if I could uh, just piggyback on that a little bit, because, yeah, it, uh, I went into that movie 
uh, based like I saw the description on uh, I think it was Amazon Prime, and dude, it was so horribly described on Amazon Prime because they kind of give away what you don't find out until like the third act, which I I really didn't. I thought that was kind of a disservice to it, but I, I luckily I was able to kind of forget what the description was once you're in it because once you're in it, you kind of just get dropped into really a world. And I, I was kind of fighting to just understand it the first like 20 minutes or so. Like, wait, what? Like, do they know? Like, how do the rules work? And I thought it was really ingenious how they did it. But yeah, if you're going to watch it, like, don't read the description. I would definitely recommend not reading the description on it. Yeah, just uh, roll right in there and uh, strap yourself in, friend. Yeah. yeah I, I pulled it up right here on IMDb and I'm like, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> IMDb, fuck you. Also, a little funny thing. My, my girlfriend, she speaks Spanish, and the whole movie, it had subtitles, but she felt the need to keep telling me what they were saying. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah. So he was saying that. I was like, you know what? I, I don't mind it at all, actually. Yeah. I feel- <laughs> it's good to have the double, double filtered you know, language system. In, in, you know. Yeah, because I did notice maybe some lines weren't translated very well, too. Actually, as she was translating it. So, yeah, go figure. But. Oksana, your number two film of the year. Uh, I want to just add uh, the, I really like the grandma in When Evil Lurks, especially when she's setting up the lore. It's kind of like still kind of questionable. Like you don't know for sure. At least I didn't if yeah. she's making any of it up or if it's um, like superstitions or something. But Yeah, she felt kind of unaware of the impending doom. She was just kind of in the back seat. She's fun. a tough old bird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's another apocalypse? She's ready to roll. So my number four has been talked number two. about. Sorry, number two. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yeah. We've been doing this for almost two hours now, Oksana. <laughs> Thanks for joining in. <laughs> the the list the yeah, never mind. Um <laughs> so it's been mentioned several times. Um, and it, it was another really fun theater experience. And then finding out more about it after watching the movie just like amplified how great it was. And it's talked to me. Um, I didn't know uh, the YouTube channel the directors ran. Rocka Rocka. Rock, yeah. I, I was not familiar at all. Um, I just knew that they were twins. They were kind of goofy in the intro and it was very dis- disarming. And then the movie just like immediately like no waste no time <laughs> and just like shocking you and then i don't know it's just like uh non-stop like the whole time i really enjoyed it cool yeah yeah i feel a little bad for not mentioning talk to me but i thought it would get a lot of love clearly uh the one thing that is most important about that film is the goddamn prop that ouija board turned into a mannequin hand so good yeah i love it i still want to own it i know a couple of uh boutique labels put out versions of the blu-ray that came with the hand but you're looking upwards of a hundred dollars and I just can't wing it right now. And I think it's blank, isn't it? Yeah, they are blank. You do have to graffiti your own Ouija hand. Oh, and so okay. if you're into that. Yeah. You know, I wasn't the biggest fan of that movie, but oh, how dare I, you? But I will say, but I know I, and the only reason I'm bringing this up because there's something I really loved about it. It's what they did to the brother. <laughs> Dude, I could not believe how just, fucked he got in it like i was like <laughs> jesus like i i didn't realize they were gonna go that far with it and that that to me was like uh when evil lurks level like the, the i definitely the gasped at that one like, too for sure Ooh, gosh man 
yeah, so it's I would say it's worth it just to get, you know, to see what they do to the brother there. So I'm going to use this as the perfect segue into the uh, genre that is most feared by my uh, co-host here on the show. I'm going to call it True Cinema in 2024 YouTube. It is YouTube cinema I'm going to talk about. And Rock a Rock is a great example because do you know how they fucked up that brother in there? Pull up their Mortal Kombat uh, fatalities video on YouTube. It's kind of an indicator of they always had the chops to do that kind of gore. Uh, And the fact that they were able to kind of keep it restrained in that movie because their tone on YouTube is the complete opposite. These idiots are, you know, turning super Saiyan on YouTube, but in, and you know, they're, they're hooked up to cables and jumping in the air, but in talk to me, it's so like with, it's so controlled and they still beat the fuck out of that kid. And it's beautiful. Um, but yeah, I'm going to talk about YouTube. So I'm I'm going a little bit backwards here. Now these are films that I would argue. Here's the problem. You make a two hour long narrative piece on YouTube and immediately it's now dubbed a internet video. Like people don't want to call it film. Although a lot of these creators go on IMDb anywhere and load it up there. I believe a couple of weeks ago while we were doing the show, I found a podcast that had been uploading all of their episodes or, you know, recording them on IMDb. So it's really like we're the wild there. west of the internet database. Yeah, What's look up, us up. We're up. We're on there too. I think it just probably auto feeds if you're on YouTube. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. I literally just looked like 10 minutes ago. I saw us on there. All right. Who's putting us on IMDb to ruin my argument, my little <laughs> rant right here? Or what are you two doing that live right now? That's so weird. What are, are we credited in there? Uh, Yeah. If you click on uh, any of our names, does it go to our Barbados boy credit where yeah, we won an That's award? on there too. That freaks me out. That's some AI shit. <laughs> <laughs> your, your inverts? Really? You were in that? I don't think I was in that movie. Hey, it's giving me false credit now, too. You know what? I'll take it. Anyway, uh, you know, a couple of mentions. And I know this is going to be like, here's the thing. The Gear Brothers will get it. And, uh, you know, if you're if you're watching the Criterion channel, if you're going to the theater and we're really looking at cinema as a whole... I do think we have to include it into our a visual narrative rainbow. We got to bring in YouTube. There's a lot of people doing different kind of art out there that is completely worthy of, you know, a six hours of hard, factually loaded uh, documentaries that encompass like Twitter and stuff, which is just Saudi Perkins at number five. He gave it to King Vaughn raps for a serial killer. Um, that dude, Traplor Ross, gets death threats because he puts together fantastic cases for all these young trap artists who kind of put it all out there online. Uh, they're actually like criminals, and there's a there's a paper trail. But Ooh. because of the medium, it doesn't. Really, nobody really pays attention. So Traplor Ross, honorable mention. There's another thing that I'm slightly stalling for Clark to get back for <laughs> because there's another epic uh, unfolding. A uh, investigative journalism bout that is linked together with several almost feature length film uh, documentaries. And of course I'm talking about the journey through around and uh, kind of discovering it was never really there of McKamey Manor with uh, uh. reckless Ben. Now, again, not my pick, 
but I highly recommend everybody. You still haven't made it. I've been gone for five minutes. I've been stalling for you because I wanted to do this. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just exit and get lunch and come back and be like, hey, that you was did? No, I had to, I had to urinate. I so did Something's I. going on with my bladder. I There's an alien in me or something. Well, you got an area you're reading. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't check out. Anyway, Reckless Ben went undercover and uh, infiltrated McKamey Manor only to discover there is no McKamey Manor. This is an ongoing legal journey. That in the middle of it, Hulu came out with the documentary covering the same topic. And I honestly think this is the best example of YouTube doing it better. It just in all it, it's growing as the story grows. The YouTube doc or the Hulu documentary actually had a bunch of people who were important to the story tied up in an NDA and they couldn't be a part of the YouTube experience. So again, Reckless Ben, not my pick. Don't glare at me. I'm sorry. This is I'm doing uh, modern criteria, uh, Criterion's uh, work right here. Oh. I'm going to have the YouTube channel. I guess that's already been taken. But my pick for YouTube cinema. Here we go. Much anticipated. Is a much more YouTube style of content. As I'm talking about a video essay, let's play, of a old game with a new mod. It's called MyHouse.Wad. Now... If now, if I need to make a Criterion style defend um, stance for this movie, it is a uh, person, a YouTuber playing a game. It's Doom, in fact, and somebody made a mod. But in a ARG, the the only way you could tell this story is encompassing extra files along with the download, uh, picking apart sound effects that are altered just slightly from the game, tying in lit literary classics like House of Leaves. And uh, moments in our current culture, like liminal space and, you know, phenomenons like the back room, which shout out to Kane Pixel. He also had the oldest view come out. Not my pick, but my ties it all in. And th the real icing on the cake here is the way that you tell stories now using the YouTube medium. We got a one man band basically doing a mood piece for something that you can't really capture in a group setting like if you're going to play this game correctly you need a little bit of luck you need a lot of research and you need an understanding of doom a game that i never <laughs> played before and i mean i love it i love the aesthetic and everything but i learned just as much about doom period and the weird internet culture around it like i didn't know what a doom cute was before it's kind of like a meat cute but for the new criteria oh. vernacular doom cute and I highly recommend it. You don't need anything approaching this. Just what about Doom Metal? I, I do know a little bit about Doom Metal. But uh, just pop up and open up YouTube, type in myhouse.wad, and uh, prepare to be not only blown away but terrified as you uh, jump on a journey of learning and exploring a video game in a group setting that was never intended to be that way. It's fantastic. It's up to 10 million views now. Um, the medium is legit and again i love you youtube please uh help the algorithm uh find us and take <laughs> us off to fame and stardom i will forever worship you again that's power pack he's the creator there. are you done with your little i'm done and here's bullshit. the thing again you know me and randy we met talking about Truffaut. we were working in a warehouse and we're like oh french new wave i love that and then it's like, no other dork in here is going to get it. <laughs> and I, you know, I couldn't have felt more alone when he let go of my hand on our cinematic journey. And I just discovered I was going on a weird fork in the road down YouTube. 
And I'm like, but there's art here, Randy. They have a full museum, the Cultural House of Art. And he's like, no. I'm on <laughs> Criterion streaming, That's watching right. Unfriended. Go ahead, say it's not on there anymore. I'm waiting for you to. It's not. <laughs> but you know what is? What is? We've made it to number one. We did it. And also, had you not gone for on your little filibuster of bullshit, we could maybe <laughs> get this episode under two hours, but we're we're getting close. No. All right. Jeff, you kicked the honors off. Uh, what is your number one favorite film of 2023? Yeah, so my number one was really easy. And it's really easy. It's so easy. Darren, I have I haven't talked to Darren about this at all, my list or anything. He and everybody else who knows me knows my number one because I've never this this film was a revelation to me, like a cinematic revelation. And I'm still reeling from it. I I get excited. I, I, I have like a real visceral excitement when I think about watching it again, but I've been kind of like holding it off. It's like tantric sex. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not gonna <laughs> I need I need to I a thinking. lot of time yeah. between, you know, of really wanting it uh, before I, you know finish um but uh the move that this film is oppenheimer there it is i saw it 11 times in the theater i'm sorry i saw it 11 times in the theater (laughs) like you said 11 (laughs) randy can we do an audio check make sure everything's good in the theater and i would have seen it more if i didn't run out of money and i didn't have a job during the day um yeah i it was it, it uh it changed my life. It, I mean, just in terms of how I look at movies and I mean, it, it really is just the most phenomenal movie ever, I think I've ever seen. Uh, in, at least in theater and having that theater experience. Don't ask me why though. Like I can't convince We're anybody. About to. <laughs> I can't convince anybody why it's that good. It just something, there is something a little ineffable about what it's doing to me. Because I, look, I see things in the film where I could go, okay, I could see some, like that maybe being a little whack, or maybe that casting was a little weird, or. But I, I love it all. Even the things that I think are mistakes, I love the mistakes, and I think it makes the movie even more charming. Uh, and I think that's the sign of really loving a film is, you know, even the things that you could acknowledge are maybe were done wrong in an in an objective sense, uh, still work. It just it makes the movie better, in in my mind. So uh, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Oppenheimer, man. I mean, I could go all day talking about it. So I, I don't even feel like I should bring up anything that I really love about it, except Robert Downey, <laughs> except, except Robert Downey Jr.'s Robert Downey Jr.'s hands. If you watch his hands in the film, it, you're gonna laugh, dude. It's it's just it, it's like a hand performance. Okay, I, it doesn't make it, it, trust me. If you see it eleven times, it'll make sense. I <laughs> what's more distracting his hands or Benny Safdie's Russian accent I love Benny Safdie dude he's all I I, I, this is also a movie I quote all the time like I I, I weave it in and I'll go on like mo, you know the monologues and everything you know he's all yes a little bit you know <laughs> it's pretty good yeah I, 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 I can do I can do the the Benny Safdie uh Russian <laughs> accent for sure for Halloween this year, you should uh, paint yourself silver and uh, be yeah, Ben Yeah, I was. I did try to be Oppenheimer, uh, Robert Opp- uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer for Halloween. I got the costume off of like Etsy or something, 
They totally ripped me off. Didn't come on time. I waited like <laughs> I, I I got a refund. I was like, come on. I got the pipe. I got like some of the accessories. Damn. But yeah. So what what was the costume? Did it have a mask? No, it was just like like the like an it didn't. What was funny about this costume? It was the one going around. Like anytime you tried to buy it, like the cosplay for Oppenheimer. It, he wasn't wearing any of that in the film, but for some reason it just became like the standard Robert Oppenheimer uh, costume. But uh, yeah, it was like an overcoat suspenders or something, you know, the K six pin stuff like that. With a hat. And yeah. I, 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 I'm, obs- I'm obsessed with the movie. And, and, and in fact, Darren, every time I tell Darren, I, I got ashamed of telling people I was going to go see it. Cause if I, <laughs> I knew if I did, they'd say, dude, why? Like, and I didn't have a good answer for them. You know what I mean? I, I except I just I have to. I had to keep seeing it. It, just, it wasn't like, oh, I just really like this movie. I just had to. Well, and to balance and to balance him out, I haven't even seen it yet. So yeah, he hasn't uh, even seen it. Yet. I'm afraid of Darren seeing it because I don't want it. I don't want him to not like it. It's one of those. You know what I mean? It's been hard for me to get committed to the three and a half, three hour three, plus just, movies. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, uh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it soon. I will. So, um, I love it. Jeff, you know, the thing is we talk about films all the time Yeah, and I feel like that weekend, the Barbie Oppenheimer weekend, yeah. it was like, everybody knows Oppenheimer is going to be a great film. Yeah. And Barbie was kind of like the quirky risky one. Right. And then it kind of flipped and everybody I know came out saying actually like they either Oppenheimer was fine or they actively disliked it. Yeah. So you're kind of the okay. first voice I've really heard just saying it was incredible. Oh, dude, so, I, it's 2001 Oppenheimer. That's how I look at it in terms of like the revel, like what they did cinematically to make it exciting and engaging. I now I now I might be crazy because not everybody. I don't know a lot of people. I actually don't know anybody personally who feels that way about it except my girlfriend. Uh, she was a trooper. She went to like eight showings, I think. <laughs> did you really do 11 yeah i really did 11 fuck yeah. i love that That's so right. goddamn much i, I couldn't so stop you <laughs> this is it why was, we had to have you guys on the show i was looking right. i was in fact i was looking for showings this weekend because <laughs> it, it, it became it, a problem at least IMAX, but yeah. yeah it was uh dude yeah, I'm are you a, you're up. addicted, yeah. bro? That's like 33 hours of Oppenheimer, <laughs> <laughs> bro, and it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough, dude. Yeah, ah, I love That's it. Fantastic. If you want to bring me on to talk about Oppenheimer ever, I I will. Um, <laughs> Anytime. I love it. I love it. Well, Darren, right. you got a you got a hard act to follow here. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it's funny because my pick is Barbie. No, I'm <laughs> Uh, no, my my number one uh, is uh, David Fincher's The Killer. Uh, Excellent. Just absolutely love that movie. Um, love him listening to the Smiths, the, that whole aesthetic, and love the voiceover, the writing. Uh, Fassbender's performance, incredible. Uh, it reminded me of, you know, the way Zodiac kind of, uh, I love Zodiac. I love the way it sort of, it just, you know, Fincher just has that sort of methodical filmmaking style where you just get kind of hypnotized into it. And I feel like the kill, killer is definitely a vibe. It's kind of an experience. It's not, it's, you know, there's not a whole lot 
to it in a weird way, but it just, I just loved it. I just loved the movie. It confirmed my theory that only sociopaths listen to the Smiths. (laughs) (laughs) That is, um, Uh. you know, I, I liked how much of, um, sort of an anti-action movie it is while totally being an action movie at the same time. Yeah. And, um, and also just of how, you know, he, he, he's, he's very meticulous in setting these rules. Yeah. But he also breaks those rules too. Yeah. And so it's, you know, and then also, you know, him messing up the job and, and getting everything kind of wheels in motion. Um, yeah, it's it's very interesting, and uh, you know, it, it's one of these. It, it begs for a rewatch for me. Um, I, I definitely want to rewatch it. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't. It you. It doesn't go. It doesn't launch the way you think it will. It's kind of like whoa, and it doesn't end the way you think it will. And it's just, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's a great ride. I loved it. And to be fair, I haven't seen your number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, you yet. haven't seen but it. But I'm dying to see you it. Love, at the you will love that. You I kept looking it. for it on Prime, and I was so stupid. I should have just looked up where you could watch it. Yeah, Netflix. I just saw Netflix. Yeah. yeah. But that's like the one streaming service I don't have a subscription to right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I usually only renew it when Stranger Things comes out. Um, <laughs> and then I get rid of it because it's too expensive. <laughs> yeah. But last thing I'll just say is that uh, his wardrobe was just fantastic. <laughs> Oh, I loved what he was wearing the whole thing. Oh, yeah, that it's hat, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I saw the first 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Copying the German tourist so no yeah. one, nobody yeah, pays yeah. attention yeah. to him. Yeah. <laughs> so good, so good. All right, Randy Michael, you're number one of the year. Sure, if I were to cheat, I'd put two movies here, but I'm going to go with Dream <laughs> Scenario. <laughs> Whoa, coming in with the oh, Borgley. Hell yeah, oh. Christopher Borgley, who... I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I introduced you guys to via Drip. Yes, you oh did. Oh, my God. That was, yeah. that, that was one of Randy's <laughs> biggest contributions to the Unnamed Footage That's Festival. true. Hell, yeah. And uh, didn't he yeah, denounce he, that film? <laughs> he sort of does. He considers it more of an experiment than a film, apparently. I think it's his best one. But, yeah, <laughs> dream, dream scenario. You got, a, you, know, you got some great late-stage cage here. Uh, once again, he's been great recently. Um, and yeah, this is, uh, you know, another movie of mine. I feel like my whole list besides Godland is kind of like absurdist sort of satires or like realities that are just like a little bit weird. Um, but yeah. And also another one of Russell's favorite things to say is that the new currency is attention. Uh And this movie definitely deals with that. And sort of, if you are to embrace that, sort of what the uh, consequences are. And I think Sick of Myself, which he also did this year, um, deals with very similar things. And also both of them deal with uh, his hate for advertising, uh, the industry of advertising, which he used to work in. uh, And it can be seen in Drib uh, as well. But uh, yeah, I saw this movie twice in theaters, not 11 times, but I did see it. um, (laughs) I saw it on Black Friday by myself at like 4 p.m. or something. And then I saw it literally the next day, the same showing with some friends. Um, yeah, it was great. I had a great time. Uh, yeah, very fun. Great. Yeah. Can't wait to I got, see that yeah, I got, I, yeah. That's on my list. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, it's so, you know, Christopher Borgley, he, um, he's a guy to keep your eye on. And this was, it's just so inventive. And 
I I really I really like Cage's performance in this. And, Love the uh, ending too. The ending the ending's it's so sweet. It ends sweet. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anytime he ends sweet, I'm on board. And uh, I it's really good, man. It's really good. I uh, I'm glad you you picked up the slack here because it it certainly was in contention for me to at least talk about today. But uh, I don't know. We've had a really strong yeah. year, and a, uh, yeah, I agree. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it, this movie's great. And again, I think a lot of people slept on this movie. For sure. Um, I think it, it. I thought it, it deserved a, a even bigger release. But uh, yeah, great pick. Okay, well, it's time for our Clark's number one, and uh, we're going to do that with a musical cue. Oh, not which, the band? <laughs> here we go. Yeah! Of course, I'm talking about my favorite movie of the year, which this song <laughs> plays... <laughs> At least, at least that song is very important. Now, what you oh need to know, God. what you need to know, Russell, is that I listen to this song nonstop. I probably listen to this song for at least an hour a day, for most days. It's just, it's just, you know, you just, you, you get into the groove of it. My number one movie of this year is Anatomy of a Fall, and that song is played. Ad nauseum in the movie because what happens? Have any of uh, you gentlemen seen this movie? On my list, I haven't seen haven't. it yet. Okay, keep hearing. Let, me, let me walk you through. Let me let me set the table for you. We're in France. We have a husband. We have a wife. We have a son. Husband falls off the roof and he's dead. Who finds him? But his blind son with his. Uh, seeing eye dog and then who's the first person they blame is the wife so we have a murder investigation at this house um, in France the the husband is French the wife is German and um, I will also say that this is a foreign language film but probably 30 to 40 percent of the movie is in English so uh, thumbs up for that I, I love I love a foreign language movie that uses a lot of English. And but again, the reason why I, I mention all this is because it's so very important part of the story of where we have a German who's on trial for murder in France for her French husband. And she doesn't speak a lot of French. And they only just recently moved there for him. And now this turns into, you know, half of this movie is a courtroom drama. And if you were not um aware of the court proceedings in France buckle up for this because the French court system is fucking banana town i don't know what's happening over there <laughs> you can, if you're on the stand being questioned they can have like a panel discussion with whoever the fuck wants to talk in the French court there i don't know what's happening over there they also they also everybody dress like balenciaga santa clauses <laughs> it's very strange it's and so it, it adds an element um, of intrigue just because of of the French court system, uh, which is fantastic. But everything else, this movie is very French and it's very adult. And I am neither one of those things, but I love this movie because it just kind of harps on that fact of you know there are three there are three you know it's your story, my story, and the truth. And this movie does a good job of 
presenting at least two sides of those and kind of letting you figure out what the third side is. Mm. And like um, that. that song is a huge part of the movie because the the husband who um, perishes um, is a, uh, a musical artist and is working on this song in particular and died while this song was blaring on the speakers in the French countryside. This song plays on loop for at least 15 minutes of this movie. So you were just completely surrounded in this in this version of a 50 cent song that this guy's <laughs> been working on uh, with Calypso drums. And it's also got one of the best animal scenes of the year that will rip your heart out. Uh, one of the best child performances of the year with the son uh, who plays the blind kid. It's fant- There's so much for, to enjoy here. And it's just um, it's just great. I, I, I love Anatomy of a Fall. It's really fun. Cool. Can't wait to see that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Sandra Huller, dude. Man, she's she's uh she's, she's great. great. I heard she's, she's a, a whore. Okay. <laughs> what? You apologize to her. Look at her face. I, I like she's how right you there. have all brand related, all foreign, and then of course the trifecta of boring cinema. This ain't procedural. Boring. <laughs> you know, I love a procedural. <laughs> but then you throw in France. Yeah. They got a little, what, what's that movie, the Terry Gilliam one, where they have all the old style, like powdered wig, uh, with the, they, all the little people on the boat, time bandits. It, it looked very time oh, bandits. I was going to say Von Muchenhausen. Yeah, of course. You don't know a genre movie. That's Thanks look so at your much. fucking top five. <laughs> Dude. Goddamn hack. Claws. <laughs> Oksana, you're number one. I feel like, so that my like top three, I think all could have been shuffled around like i i loved them all this one um uh several people have talked about it already russell brought up that uh i don't i'm not good about using my letterbox um in a timely matter but as soon as we walk out of thanksgiving i think i rated it five stars and that's what i put on my instagram story that everyone's like hmm, i kind of hate eli roth and i was like you know i'm not a huge <laughs> fan of his either but that's why I was extra impressed with Thanksgiving. So it's um, like everything about it as a slasher, as a movie, even as like um, a comedy, like the mm-hmm. jokes, the puns, I don't know, oh, the word, wordplay, the throwaway mask, everything. The kills were so inventive and creative. It was, yeah. I don't There's know. one, I have one problem with the movie. Mm-hmm. One problem in no, no universe is that little five foot eight twerp able to throw a 98 mile an hour fastball? <laughs> That's the only thing. I don't buy that. That's it. Yeah, not not a big spoiler, more of a uh, a conflict of character design. <laughs> casting. It's a casting <laughs> choice. And I'll tell you, uh, one thing that people don't give enough credit for is whenever you bring in a hot comedian to your movie, they're always misused or they steal the scene or like there's they're never used properly. The application and demise of Tim Dillon in this was perfect. Hilarious. I, yeah. I feel like Clark's a huge fan, so I'm very aware of like what's going on, who he is, little intricacies. And I feel like if you had no idea who he was, you wouldn't know that he was somebody. But also, if you were a fan, you might chuckle at the idea of him owning a cat. So it was played fucking perfectly. Also, the main thing that people brought up about that movie... Does he do everything they promised in the trailer? 
I mean, of course, uh, the trailer you made from uh, Grindhouse. Yeah, from yeah. Grindhouse, and I remember when I watched Grindhouse in the theater. It's like that was a that seemed like a fantastic slasher, just because of the amount of shit you would need to pull it off. Like he had a decapitation in the middle of a parade. Thanksgiving. That's a lot of extras, and you know, in modern cinema, we don't like extras. We like to be in an apartment, and not cast. He did it. He delivered everything. And fantastic. Yeah. Uh, good pick. I'm glad. I'm glad you did that. Um, I also really like the cat. <laughs> a cat again Beautiful cat, great, good scene. Actor. great scene with the cat yeah. um, <laughs> again celebrity cat came out of uh, the pet cemetery movie he went he had a much uh, it was better his career took off more than the movie did the cat <laughs> the cat's career yes he was a sensation online um yeah man what a fucking tough year I uh I'm glad you picked that Oxon. I'm glad it got a lot of love. And I've and Jeff can hang, but I've got to run, so I got to hear your number one, Russell, before I run. Okay, then I'll fine. I'll keep it brief for you. <laughs> Again, this is the in-world camera pick. You know, I'm a connoisseur. I practically wrote the book and the history of all found footage films in perfect English. And I have to pick one. I have to pick one. There's been a lot, and I think I have to go with our boy. With our boy, Ricky Umberger, Project Eerie is a fucking fantastic film. Excellent. This is a personal, I think it's great. I highly recommend you guys watch it. Mm. The way this movie was marketed is uh, Ricky lived by a haunt, walked down the street and put flyers on all the windshields of cars. This is a micro budget as you get. He breaks every rule of storytelling in cinema. It's an anthology film and it works perfectly. He wow. made this movie not as part of his uh, his uh, trilogy of terror, the, the fear footage films, mainly because he ran out of people he knew who could act that he hadn't already used. So for continuity, he just <laughs> created a new brand. This is a, a weird type of movie. It is so fucking fun. And if you think you've seen everything, like, I mean, there's a creep show TV, like it's a TV series now. There's a lot to be drawn from the horror well. And uh, it might include Bigfoot and astronauts. You never know. It's so much fun. I love it. Cool. Um, it's Project dude, Darren, Eerie. Project Eerie. Project Eerie. Okay. Yeah. Um, and just to mention, because there's a lot. We had movies from Uff come out this year. Chad Gets the Axe is now out. Other films that didn't even get touched on. Cobweb. Fantastic film. I mentioned all the good slashers out. Scream 6. Probably the final one. Due to uh, internet um, back and forth. It looks like nobody wants to come back. Uh, well, you fire a couple of actresses to get in political, and then the director gets blamed, so he quits. And then oh, the whole. Co- yeah, dude. It's a, yeah, it's a shit show. Mess. It's a shit show. Uh, Mother May, another film I really liked. I want to highlight The Dive, which was the uh, Night Swim esque uh, one location had to do with. It was, oh, that one was, it was this year. Yeah, it was this year. It was The Fall, but underwater. Love that. Mm. Here, our buddy Chris Good Goodwin. Fantastic Mirror, film. Right? Oh, yeah. uh, like you gotta remember Black Mirror. They put out like three good movies. Uh my favorite being um what the fuck was it called? Uh Lock uh Ness Monster. No. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> that was last year. Man, Lock Henry. No, was no. Lock Henry this year? It was this year. I um, and then uh one we dug up uh resurrected. The screen life film that it has to deal with resurrection being real and the Vatican. I highly recommend people check that out. It's the most ambitious found footage film I've seen this year. And they pulled it off. Also had no money. And then, uh, I mean, we got to mention Caviar. Jacob Michael King, thanks for coming on the show. If you want Eddie, uh, Betsy Brown, screen life. There's so many. This year was stacked. 
But you just had a session of movie diarrhea right now. I know. And again, I don't want to take away. Using us as the toilet. I don't want to take away. Well, because I can already feel it. My DM's building up with people. You didn't mention the dive. No, I mentioned fucking everything. Had a long (laughs) list. But again, the reward, the uh, the looky goes to Project Eerie. I highly recommend you all check it out. It's so much fun. And it may even scare you. It's on Amazon Prime. Excellent. Oh, it's on Prime? Oh, it's it's on. for a rental. There you go. Yeah, you got to rent it. But I mean, give the man some money. Yeah, also, go rent cash. the fucking Retaliators. Let's get a bump yeah. in that. That's right. Y'all are the fucking coolest. Uh, we needed you on to talk genre because y'all navigated one uh, beautifully. So. <laughs> well, spe- speaking, of, speaking of Amazon Prime, the Retaliators is on Amazon Prime uh, uh, for free if you have Prime. So go check it out. And we're on Tubi as well. And make sure to rate it if you like it. Excellent. Yeah. That I have heard that is the way that you help a film. Yeah. You have to go in there and really give it a rating. If you don't like it, oh. just DM me. I'll send you some money. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, Jared, Jared, thank you guys so much for joining us. This was uh, so much fun, and we knew you guys uh, were, were the perfect guests to have on to talk about the best movies of the year. You guys so, are uh, the best. Oh, you guys are you guys got anything uh, going on? Uh, you know, anything you want to plug? We, no, no we're, we, we've just been writing, writing, writing. We've got couple new projects cooking we're uh we're yeah some exciting stuff going on so yeah we're in the kitchen in the it's kitchen cooking. you know what i mean there we go good Please i'm, I'm wearing keep us my updated. apron only <laughs> <laughs> seriously if y'all have anything coming out you know come here we'll oh, uh, yeah. that's right we'll no, i'm, I'm the mater d so you just let me know and i'll send somebody in the kitchen and we'll take it up <laughs> all right all right we'll keep this going but uh boys this was a pleasure thanks so much guys thank you guys Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at the Overlook Theater, Instagram at the Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Statt. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye. <laughs>